Hey, yo. Before we start, the team and I, along with the entire wrestling community, have lost an absolute legend this week. A true innovator in every sense. Some knew him as a bad guy, some as an outsider. But all of us knew him as a trailblazer and probably one of the coolest wrestlers of all time. That man was Scott Hall. And it seems to happen so quickly as well because the news broke uh, with a health complication after hip surgery that he suffered uh, three heart attacks and then was basically uh, on life support with his family around him and the machine uh, was turned off and unfortunately found out uh, through Sean Walkman on Twitter and then WWE kind of announcing before WWE Raw. Um, we're going to have a look at his career and everything like this, but of course I'm joined by Jaxie, Gina and Monty. Uh, and we're going to start off talking about maybe favourite Scott Hall matches and moments or even stories uh, with stuff like that would go. So I'll start with uh, Monty, with you first. Like I said, it's been a difficult week, but what were your kind of first experiences with uh, Scott Hall? Yeah, my, my first experience is like I'm, uh, I'm young, so I never really, I didn't even know uh, him as Razor wrong, really. My initial experience of getting to know who he was was through his Scott Hall persona in the NWO. Uh, you know, uh, even and to be more specific, I'm talking about red and black NWO. So not even the the, the great run that I went back and watched over the years uh, for myself as I, you know, as, when especially when the network first was created. But you know, just like you said, the definition of cool. As soon as you saw him come out with that lean and just that strut of just just like he used to say machismo, like that's exactly what it was. Like he was he's oozing it. Like that's like. And then as I got older and I got to know the Razor Ramon character and to watch some of those vignettes and just see how he, like you said, the definition of cool, one of the just one of the best characters ever uh, just in wrestling. And uh, man, yeah, uh, he, he he always just left an impression on you, had one of the greatest finishes in the world. Like that was one of the, another thing that caught my eye watching him wrestle, watching him pick someone up and do the Razor's edge was always an experience. He always got a reaction from the crowd when he posed before he was ready to do it. So it was just, yeah, man, he was just one of the best. And just my first impressions of him was just like, damn, that guy is the coolest uh, man I've ever seen. Yeah, without that. Uh, Jaxie, when did you first discover Scott Hall? I'm trying to think it was, um, it was a WrestleMania. I think it was WrestleMania 10 when they had the ladder match with Shawn Michaels. Was, was it WrestleMania 10? Yes, yeah, yeah, the WrestleMania 10. Yeah, my, I remember my dad watched that and I just wanted to sit up and, and try and watch something. So my dad showed me that match and that was my first time seeing him. I think that was Ra- the, Ra- the Razor Ramon character though, wasn't it? It wasn't the Scott Hall character. No, also we're going to go yes. into his um, career in just a second. Like I said, with, with him being so cool and everything like that. Um, yeah. You know, uh, Gina, were you the same? Were you watching the same match, or was there something else that maybe stuck out for you with his career? I mean, I did watch the same match as Jaxie's. Obviously, we have the same dad, so uh, if she was staying up, I was staying up too. You can't do one twin without the other, you know. <laughs> um, but one thing that just the one thing that stuck out for me with um, with Scott Hall, and I can't remember which persona he was at this point, but I remember that he helped. Kevin Nash beat um, Goldberg's unbeaten run because he stunned him with a stun gun. That that part stuck out to me. I remember that part, but I don't remember where, where it was. So um, hopefully you guys can remind me of that. But that that memory is what sticks out of him just coming out with the stun gun and he had the events that 
yellow t-shirt on um and i just thought oh this guy is just so swag so cool <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah that's what yeah. i can remember Stargate costing uh, Goldberg the undefeated streak. But like I said, we were career spanning over 25 years. He was born into an armed force family and lived abroad for most of his childhood. After a turn to the US, he got interested in wrestling and started training for it. Initially performed in small promotions, both in the US and abroad, where he wrestled under many names, a bit like Texas Scott, in end of own AWA before getting his break on WSW as the Diamond Stud. But of course he fell... Mm-hmm. Worldwide fame in WWF and Monty, as you mentioned, the vignettes uh, for Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, as it was, with Vincent Mann having a chat about what kind of character he wanted to be. And he said, Have you ever seen Scarface? And he started going, started doing the, Hey man, how much? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And he was like, A character is born. <laughs> and even now, I mean, I know it's a few years ago, even like Carlito's vignettes and any good vignettes kind of make me think of like Razor Ramon. Uh, and we talk about mm-hmm. talent as well. When he was in WWF, and of course his early run, no bigger result than when the one-two-three kid actually got the win, then known as the Lightning Kid, uh, over Razor. And that kind of you talk about yep. superstars' impact, and he actually made another wrestler uh, in that way. Uh, and of course, we all know what X Buck become from that. But at this time, it was a kind of huge yeah. shock, and probably one of the biggest moments in Raw history. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like I said, we move on uh, with Intercontinental title gold as well once Shawn Michaels has taken off, uh, leading to, like we talk about, WrestleMania 10. And we're just going to listen to the kind of last moments uh, of that match right now. And Razor starting to shake the ladder. Get out, look out, Shawn! Oh, he throws the shoulder off. I mean, what a match and what moment. Like you said, Jack C, you know, even back at WrestleMania 10, the first ladder match in WWE history. And i got to say, it's probably my top five wrestling matches of all time. I actually watched it earlier today. And when you consider that's 1994, so nearly four years ago, it hasn't kind of aged at all. And it's just a fantastic match uh, between two guys who were on top form that day. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're you're kind of um, put me to shame because that is the the first sort of a uh, match that I remember watching him in, 
and I didn't actually think to watch it in preparation for this. I really should have, but I will definitely um, look to put that on again, I think. It is an amazing. And, and the other thing as well about these two men, uh, amazing ladder match at SummerSlam in 1995, that doesn't really get talked about as much as WrestleMania 10. It's still great. Yeah. But it's probably more known Monty as Shawn Michaels having a little bit of a, um, what should we say, a temper tantrum towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I forgot the exact reason, but something went didn't go as planned and he legitimately <laughs> threw a tantrum. Like, that's the great, the, you can't put it any other way. Uh, I, Scott, I, you know, the, the, the imagery of him holding both belts at the top, too. Like, I, I don't know how people remember, like, how iconic just that image was. And, like, every like every ladder match on the, like, on a major scale, oh, what they accomplished in those ladder matches, you know, setting the tone for what we got to see many, many years later. The hardest, everybody is giving credit to that match, you know, leading to what has become, like, we get a, we get a money in the bank every year, you know, because of stuff like that, or, you know, the ladder matches that we see in AEW and all that. So, all of that stuff is because of, you know, the blueprint that those two guys laid out. Yeah, I think without a doubt. And then we talk about uh, his time ending up in WF, where it was kind of, you know, middle of the card. We are in the kind of champion, but never kind of reaching for the world yeah. title, or even asking Vince what he can do. And then he got the offer from WSW, of course, the same time as Kevin Nash. And then when they both left WF, what happened next was uh, basically probably the most moments in professional wrestling, which we're actually going to listen to now. Well, what the I have no idea. Wait a minute. I can't believe it. I can't believe what I'm saying. You people, you know who I am. But you don't know why I'm here. Are we going to get security here? Where is Billionaire Ted? Where is the Nacho Man? That punk can't even get in the building. Me, I go wherever I want. Whenever I want. And where, oh, where is Scheme Gene? Because I got a scoop for you. When that Ken doll lookalike, when that weatherman wannabe comes out here later tonight, I got a challenge for him, for Billionaire Ted, for the Nacho Man, and for anybody else in uh, WCW. (laughs) Hey, you want to go to war? You want a war? You're going to get one. Fanta, what about the match? I don't know what to say. Randy Anderson's coming. Randy? Randy, what's going on here? 
I love that moment in history where Tony is more interested in the match that no one cares about. Uh, but like I said, that moment is just such a huge moment in professional wrestling where, you know, internet wasn't a thing really, wasn't around. And to see someone like you, Ramon character was iconic in WF, to, to come to WSW and say, look, you know who I am. Yeah, and this is what I want is a war. I mean, just imagine if you know, uh, Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks showed up in WWE and did that now, we would all lose our minds. Uh, and even now, you know, 30 years later, it's well, nearly 30 years, it's, it's incredible to think the impact that moment had in professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was the catalyst. It set everything up, you know, the NWO, all of that. It set everything up and it made the war. Out, like I said, May 26th, 1996, and then the formation of the NWO. And they kind of, as everybody knows, we've heard the story countless times, 83 weeks, WWE beat, beat WWE because of the NWO gimmick. And you could argue that, you know, that is the one that maybe finished them off towards the end. Uh, but Scott Hall's moments in WSW were maybe few and far between due to kind of personal problems. But as yeah. you said... Um, Gina stunning the streak as well and helping Kevin Nash beat Goldberg for the very first time uh, and then of course being involved with the Wolfpack versus the NWO um, the kind of feud uh, still a really big moment of course uh, on the WR podcast we have done WWE versus WCW uh, 96 through 99 so all those moments with Scott Hall were there and uh, coming back in 2002 as part of the poison. Uh, and again, it never really kind of maybe reaching the levels uh, that maybe it could have done. Uh, do you think at that moment in time, they were just, you know, even as a free Monty, just kind of maybe past their peak? Yeah, and then the whole idea of the NWO was burnt out too because like we said, you know, if you, if you watch the, the end of WCW, like, oh man, it was... They, they wore it into the ground. Uh, so, you know, the whole thing was kind of played out. The fans definitely did not want Hogan. They didn't want that version of Hogan. They wanted, the they wanted you know, uh, Hulkamania Hogan. So, like, you know, when you think about it, the, the, the angle and all of that just lost steam because, you know, it was just an idea that had ran its course. And I think what they were probably better off allowing them to just try something else or something more unique. But we did get a good Austin and Scott Hall match out of that man. Yeah, the, the way he sold that yeah. stunner is... <laughs> stunner, it's, yeah. It still gets remembered. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, he even showed up in ECW and had a run in TNA. And James Storm says, the first time Scott ever met mm-hmm. him, he said, hey, kid, I love your finish. I can't wait to kick out of it. So we kind of know <laughs> what Scott Hall <laughs> is maybe like as his character. That's a brilliant line. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like I said, throughout his career, he's won awards and championships. He's also been inducted into the Hall of Fame. It's both Razor Ramon as part of the group. Uh, but one of my favourite stories, I mean, t- it's, again, uh, I don't talk about the impact. He's a great storyteller. Of certain wrestlers. But it- it's even um, the Sting Crow gimmick wouldn't be yeah. a thing if it wasn't for Scott Hall. He had just seen uh, the-, the film where really kind of it's based on. The, as you know, the crow uh, and said to Sting, "Hey, what about that and try this kind of white makeup?" So you think the Sting character as we know it and love now wouldn't maybe have reached that level if it wasn't for Scott Hall yeah. just kind of having a word, 
you know. So it's amazing it's kind of reaching. I know you never won a world title, but there's so many things he helps, you know, people in the back and stuff like this. It, it has, that is a true kind of, you know, uh, legend and icon. They try not overplay this, you know, because many people, you know, yeah. unfortunately have passed. But when you think about the impact he's had, uh, we've not even mentioned the click, and you know, how strong uh, that was mm-hmm. as well, you know. It is uh, unbelievable. There is a great documentary on WWE Network, Living on the Razor's Edge, uh, with details um, and ha- what happened there. Uh, and even talking about how he got into a fight in his younger age and ended up shooting someone. He was cleared of all mm-hmm. charges, but it didn't help the demons. So, you know. Uh, but, I mean, with Scott Hall, it is unbelievable. So, I mean, Monty, what are your... I say final would be so... Uh, morbid but you know just for mm-hmm. Scott Hall kind of if anybody's never seen him before what impact did he leave the wrestling world uh, I think uh, if you haven't seen him before you just you know definitely check him out and you'll you'll see that he's like one of the most important and like most influential characters and like you said people he's helped out countless people like the people you mentioned I think Jericho has come out and said things about, uh, you know, about, you know, have stories of, uh, you know, working with them and all types of people that over the years that you wouldn't even think. But like, uh, like I said, Hiroshi Tanahashi from uh, the, the ace of New Japan fought him very, very young. And he just said from only wrestling five minutes with him, Sky Hall went backstage and said that kid is, is going to he got it. He's going to be a star. And Tanahashi was the ace of New Japan, saved that company. Saved New Japan throughout the uh, late 2000s and all that. So as you can see, he knew what he was talking about. His relationship with DDP, Jake the Snake, like, oh, man, it's like he was like one of the greatest. And I, I used to love just watching him talk, like tell stories about the old days, give, uh, you know, uh, tell tell uh, road stories with him and Kale. Like you just you could just sit back and listen to him and Kale talk, you know. And I, uh, so like, man, he's just one of the greatest for things. That doesn't even like you won't even measure a lot of times. Like, like, yeah, he was great in the ring. Like I said, one of the greatest finishers ever, and was awesome at storytelling and all that. But he was just a great overall person, and just like everything that you can just you really like. I said, if you never learned, never heard of Scott Hall, what you need to remember is that, like I said, he's one of the most influential and most important people to to in professional wrestling. He's just, his name belongs in the same conversation as, as, as of importance of like that, that era of the boom period of pro wrestling, like with Stone Cold and a lot of the people that we put up there, Sky Hall is just as important and just as influential from that time period. And like you said, for all of his 25 years and even after that time period. So yeah, he, he's just so important. And I don't think you really realize that importance until, you know, something like that, something like this happens, you know, and that's the sad part about it. But uh, I'm glad that, you know, he got to uh, get his flowers, go to the Hall of Fame and all that and, so, you know, take care of some of those demons before all of this happened. But, uh, yeah, always one of the most important, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, even when Eric Bischoff has said uh, he's one of the most creative minds and probably best thinkers in wrestling, and those two weren't best friends. So when, you know, he is saying something like that, and even the impact of the NWO and how cool they were or how cool he was, and the invent of the Bullet Club and stuff like that from there now are kind of trying to replicate exactly what these guys did with they were just friends, yeah. you know, having a good time in professional mm-hmm. wrestling. Uh, and like I said, yeah. it is a sad time, but I think the positive we can take from it is, like I said, we can now look 
Razor Ramon matches, the Scott Hall moments and all this kind of stuff that maybe we might have missed out or not gone back and watched, as you even said, Jackson, you know, to go back and just relive <laughs> that, maybe something that we should do a little bit more often because, like we said, we never know uh, okay. when they might not be there. Yeah, um, but I mean, I think that's sometimes the beauty that you can find in these sort of circumstances is that you get a chance to reappreciate what they brought to to the the career aspect, um, as well as what they brought for the fans. Um, you know, learn to reevaluate it, learn to respect it again, and learn to just overall re-enjoy it and actually remind yourself this is why I fell in love with wrestling in the first place. You know, because that was one of the reasons why I ended up going back to wanting to watch more. Who wouldn't love a, a good piece of ladder match? You know, back in the day, it was absolute carnage. So, um, yeah, definitely one to kind of go back and watch. And if you haven't seen it, then definitely check out WrestleMania 10, uh, Scott Hall's ladder match with Shawn Michaels. It was one of the best. Uh, another win for the good guys. And uh, even with the Hall of Fame, as you touched on, Monty, we will end uh, on this moment here. Probably the greatest Hall of Fame speech in WWE history, and we've seen it across yeah. Twitter uh, and basically everywhere. Everybody's been saying these words, and and I'm not even going to quote. I'll let the great man say it himself. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last. But bad guys do. I said, what a moment. Scott Hall, you will be missed. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and today is the WNR 413. It's mini WrestleMania, and I am not alone. I am joined by up first, Monty. Uh, how you doing? What's up? I'm doing good. Excited to be here. Ready to talk about this. Man, mystery WrestleMania is exciting. This is WrestleMania season. Can't wait to get into uh, the action, man. Let's get to it. <laughs> well, that, we're also joined by Jackson. Before we put the cart for the horse, you're not happy to be here today. <laughs> I mean, I, I, again, I just feel like uh, James is out to get me this week, and this is why I'm here. <laughs> and last but by no means least, it's our very own Jizzer. It is Gina. How's it going? <laughs> Hey, I'm here more to help keep the peace because I know you've wound my sister up, James. Well, I'd, I'd say, <laughs> let me just clear the slate first. Um, today it is Mystery WrestleMania. So for the past seven in WNR podcast history, uh, whoever I've been co-hosting with have been picking a WrestleMania to watch. Unfortunately, because we do this through other means now, we can't actually live watch a mania. Uh, so I will be choosing, and as you can tell from the discontent, dear listener, the WrestleMania I have picked is WrestleMania mm. 34. Now, before everybody goes off, this will be therapy for us all. There's a couple other reasons why we're watching it. This is the last time Brock 
and Reigns faced off in a WrestleMania main event. See, that's a positive. Monty, you were there at this WrestleMania. That would be right to say, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, it would be right to say. They had us there at 2 p.m., and that show did not end until almost midnight. So it was <laughs> a long day. I was there. <laughs> you were wow. definitely there. Well, we're going to get a first-hand count on everything that happened there. But, of course, we had a lot of other things happen, including the end of Oscar's streak. Uh, now, Jaxie, is this the darkest day in professional wrestling history? For me, most for me, definitely. I'm not sure about whether or not everyone else maybe thinks like this, but for me, this was the day that I got robbed. Not just Oscar, I got robbed too, and I took that personally. Oh, I agree with you, sis. I agree with you. Well, I took this go- whole. I took oh my this- god! <laughs> well, we're Monty, go don't back. Me up like this. Hmm? <laughs> well, we could hear you moaning, Monty. You knew what you I, were in for me, when you I, have, I, this I definitely one have something to say. We're going to get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> well, we are. Like I said, we're going to start off and we're going to go April 8th, 2018. Of course, it's the episode 413, so I guess it is unlucky for some. But what we're all doing April 8th, 2018. Uh, so we'll start off. I mean, Jaxie. What were you doing on this day? Did you actually watch WrestleMania 34? I guess you did. <laughs> I did. I actually had a, a, a big gathering. At, I say a big gathering. It wasn't a big gathering. It was just a gathering of about, I think there was about four or five of us. And, you know, I'd actually done an absolute feast for the evening in terms of cooking food. I did a big, massive jerk chicken palette. We also did, didn't we do some chicken wings as well? Like a big palette of chicken wings. So I was with, uh, yeah, we, yeah we did spicy wings. Yeah, we did like a big tray of spicy wings. Um, pretty and much like, the, like you were sort of average, one. like if you, if you can imagine like your average like Hooters set up with like you know massive like chicken wings and and just you know unendless amount of beer, you know all stacked up, all ready to go in the fridge. All of the boys around that, you know, we we've got some friends that all watch uh, wrestling as well, so we'd invite them over. Um, you know, this was gearing up to be a, a great night, and especially a, a, for me, a history-making moment type night. Um, going forward, this didn't that play out. No, but that like way. I said, were your hopes at an all-time high? I mean, Oscar had yeah, just won the yeah. Royal Rumble. Obviously, if anybody's exactly. ever listened to school uh, to, to, to the pod, you are a huge fan of Oscar. So at this point, I am, that kind of I am, height. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I think like sort of just the overall excitement at not just even, you know, the fact that Oscar had been the, the, the winner of the Royal Rumble going into WrestleMania, but also I, I was really excited by the AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura match. Um, I couldn't really wait to see kind of how things would go between uh, them. So, yeah, there was just kind of overall excitedness going into and, and anticipation going into this uh, pay-per-view. So, Gina, you have actually seen Jack's excited about a WWE event. So that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. It was actually, it's actually a nice thing to see. I know it's rare, but it's actually nice to see her excited for a WWE event. So, me out of everyone would have seen it the most. But... <laughs> no, I was saying And you were along for this party ride, ready to enjoy. Yeah, I also, I also invited my girlfriend to come over and watch it. And she does not watch wrestling at all. 
but I will admit that she got into wrestling from that night and she watches wrestling every week now. Oh, so it's yeah. nice when you sweet. pass that on and create a new fact. I like turning them. It's always I was actually really proud. She messaged me and Jaxi uh, a couple of weeks ago and sent a little video of the match, with, the ladder match with the Hardys and Edge and Christian and the spear Just off of the it. ladder. So she's actually going back and watching historic matches and I'm it's so proud of her. I'm so proud. I'm really, really yeah. proud. Yeah, Miller, if, if you're listening, we're very proud of you. <laughs> there we go excellent well before we got to monty's journey if memory serves oh, me uh, this was a dub in our third wrestlemania watching live and commentating after wrestlemania 3 had gone over five hours and probably had the biggest argument in in WL cast history about if the undertaker actually retired or not and to be fair, he did, so I was right. <laughs> but it's not about what happened four years ago, five years ago. Um, the actual uh, synopsis was episode 153. And I put, it's WrestleMania, baby. One of the most anticipated cars in WWE history. How could it possibly let us down? Oscar's streak, Nakamura's chance of redemption, and the blockbuster main event. But seriously, Rousey. And they're worth the price of mission loan, and we don't charge. So I guess I was kind of happy about it. And even better than that, we can listen to me from four years ago introducing us to this year's WrestleMania. It's the WNR one five three. It's WWE WrestleMania thirty four. We were just live at the entire event and we are strapped in for about six and a half hours worth of stuff. But before we get anywhere, let's start with the alternate intro. And, well, it's mine today because it doesn't get any bigger or more exciting than this. Tonight, heroes will be made, legends will be defined, careers and lives changed forever. This is the grand valley of them all, the showcase of the immortals. Welcome to WrestleMania 34 on the WNR podcast i'm not gonna lie jacksy i guess i've lost some for fight since then as well because... <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> were you right were you sounding uh, was it was was a case of you just being very hyped and actually expressing that <laughs> yeah i think i think yeah something the wwe done something to me the past few years to kind of diminish <laughs> the light a little bit with wrestlemania uh, but no, like we said, we were in a Superdome in New Orleans, and apparently there were 78,132, or 133, because the one person we know is definitely there, was uh, Monty. So tell us about how did it start? So when did you realise, first off, you were going to WrestleMania? Obviously, it's in your home state, so was that quite an easy decision yeah. to make? No, because... Uh... But it was an easy decision because this was the first time I, I, I had enough money to pay for it for my, my by myself. I wanted to go at 30 when, you know, when Daniel Bryan and, you know, Undertaker and Brock, that was in New Orleans also. So we, I wanted to do that, but, you know, didn't have the money at the time. And I also was in high school, you know, so it just it was like a different thing, you know. But I was in, I was in college in this situation, so, you know. Thing worked out. Like I said, I had enough money. Everything worked out. It was in New Orleans. Like you said, I was up right along the hype train. You know, Shinsuke was my guy. I told y'all that's the reason why I watched New Japan Pro Wrestling is because actually their match in New Japan, Wrestle Kingdom. I'll talk about that more later. But 
Yeah, uh, so uh, Shinsuke being in a WWE title match, I was over the moon. I was like, yes, first Japanese world champion, let's do it. You know, mm-hmm. Oscar undefeated with Charlotte. I was at that time, I always respected Charlotte in the ring, so I knew it was going to be a good match. So I was looking forward to it. And, you know, I love Oscar also, so that was easy. And then, like, with everything else, like, what, what how would Ronda look? Like, all the hype, I was on that train, like, completely. And, like, besides the fact of The Undertaker, so it was easy. I think, really, by December, I had my tickets already bought. I don't know. I, it could have been earlier than that. I'm trying to remember. But, yeah, months ahead of time, I was already set to go. <laughs> <laughs> so it comes to the day of. and you, So you're going to the event by yourself or with – No, it's me, me and my fiancé now. So she's been next to me for, like, years now. Like, we've been together since uh, – for a long time, for like for almost a decade, let's say it that way. So she was right next to me. She loves this stuff too. We both had our Uso shirts on. You know, we yeah. we was we were down since day one that day. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know? so uh, it was a long day because, like, I mean, I, to get you guys to let you give give you a little insight of the atmosphere, it was tailgating. It's New Orleans, like they drink anyway. It <laughs> doesn't really matter if it's a, a big situation going on. Like it's a party down there like all the time, but yeah, especially with the wrestling fans, people were tailgating. There's a lot of alcohol, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, so I was standing in line for hours <laughs> because there's just a lot of people like, there. So I believe it, it probably was 78,000 people because I so, was in line for a while. So it's normal kind of parking as we were. Cause the thing is, with America, obviously, it's so much bigger. So yeah. if you're trying to put it in perspective, like the O2 or something like this, obviously with the park yeah. in there might be a little bit easy. And then it's sort of with any big gig, you're just kind of waiting until the gates open. So the gates right, you have to just sit whatever. there. It, exactly, exactly. That's exactly how it went. It was like 2 p.m. until they opened, and we were just standing there waiting on them to let us in, writing our, our section. Our ticket told us what particular gate to go through. And all of that. So we just sat, you know, standing in line, waiting to go. So most of that was, you know, was the experience. But then once you got in and, you know, the kickoff show was coming and you're just excited to just be there, you see the the the, the uh, arena start to fill up. Like you said, it really was 78,000. I met a lot of people. It was just fun. You were around a lot of like-minded people. Some people are idiots, have dumb takes about wrestling. I love talking to them, too. So it was still fun. So, like, it was just, it was a lot of Good vibes, and a, I will say a lot of alcohol in that. <laughs> well, this is the thing. This is always funny that people don't realise this fact. If you're drinking, and especially if it's sunny, and you're waiting for a couple of hours in the sun and drinking, you're not going to make it through the majority <laughs> of the night. But people don't realise right, that, right. you know. They See, I brought water. Soon. I was ready. I brought water. But, well, I yeah, they... As well, yeah, it was some people that their water was here. <laughs> with merchandise was there a lot of merchandise available was there anything was it just kind of oh yes because i like, never like... I, I couldn't get to the line it was full it was wow. completely full the entire wow. time like you had to pick your spots and they were spots like during people's matches and i wanted to watch every match so i'm like no screw it if i can get some at the end of the show i will but yeah uh, uh yeah, there was I a lot of different booths around the room I bet there was nothing left when you went there to go get them. It was, it was just, just so cool. We wanted to just get out of there because it's midnight. <laughs> we was ready to get out of there. <laughs> it was midnight by then. And then, yeah, the Roman Reigns stuff had happened. I was just trying to get out of there by that time. <laughs> so, Don't but the, trust me. But the atmosphere was good. Like I said, everybody got 
Yeah. yeah, everybody got in, and like you said, because you, you're a super fan, you don't want to miss a single second of kickoff. Yes. Um, but I was just want to know, as a kind of neutral, not neutral, so to speak, but obviously when you see WWE when you first kind of walk into an arena or anything like that, that WrestleMania set, did it take your breath away a little bit? Because it might, even if it's not the most yes. impressive of sets, it's still WrestleMania. Right, you just, you really sit there and you're just like, I'm really here. Like, I'm really at WrestleMania. You see the, you see the logos. And then again, the just sheer magnitude of people that were all there. Like you said, everybody had some type of merch on, something going on. You can see them setting up or practicing the pyro and trying to get everything together. And uh, by the way, every flame that you saw on television was hot as hell. I was close to the stage. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, yeah, it was a very, very breathtaking experience, man, just to be there. Like you said, not even the fanciest set. But with the, like you said, just the sheer magnitude of the entire event, it, it was definitely overwhelming at times. I just, I just think it's crazy. I know, and again, you know, we're all here at this moment in time. But if you switch back four years ago, you're sitting there with your fiance in the stadium waiting for kickoff. I'm sitting with Dan waiting to do a podcast, and Gina Jackson, you both got chicken wings having a party just about <laughs> watch WrestleMania on television. So it's kind of weird to kind of set. The scene. Right. Mm. Uh, I mean, see. we were we were also drinking as well, so there's a lot of drinking involved. I don't know if we were as drunk as Monty and his fiance there. <laughs> so, we'll but, I mean, it sounds like a good time. If we were there, we would have we would have had our day one uh, shirts on and been sat next to you, Monty. You know it. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, like it, said, it was fun, man. It was a lot of fun. It sounds like everybody had a good time that day, apart from me, who was with Dan. But anyway, what better, way, <laughs> what better way to kick off than with kickoff? And I'm going to look back to how I scored it in 2018. But I'm going to score it fresh in 2022, see if I have kind of chilled out since then. Uh, so we'll be watching kickoff and the entire event. And of course, talking about Monty's journey along the way. But it's only four years ago, but Renee uh, hosting with JBL and Booker T. And then David Utunga. And I'm thinking, oh, I remember him. But it's amazing how people just completely blank from your mind. Um, <laughs> we, we had, no offence to Tunga. Lots of people have done it. Uh, called Rusev Day Charles as well. As well. Remember Rusev Day? Fucking hell. Uh, John Cena oh, yeah. was in the crowd setting up for later. Carmella was the money <laughs> in the bank. I remember that debacle with James Ellsworth. If this brought back oh. more bad memories yeah. than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, more. Yeah, I think I. Yeah, go. Did you just call the no neck monster? <laughs> well, I mean, like it—that's it, what I call him because his chin went into his neck. So it was—it it kind of wasn't really a neck because if it was connected to his head, to, like it, it was all, his whole head. Was in his neck. The main roster has been so bad these last few years. I think we remember those times a little bit better than oh. we should. <laughs> like you forget about how bad it was back then because it's just so bad now sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it yeah I remember those days. <laughs> well, our first match was the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Of course, Hall of Famers Jim Ross and Jerry Lawyer joined Byron Saxton. I think Jr. looks better now. I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's times where, yeah. you know, fair, enough, fair play, Byron Saxon to actually still be there as well. 
Uh, and we get on to the battle royal. Yeah. We see the field soon thinned out to only Matt Hardy, Baron Corbin, and Mojo Rawley remained. The Hills beat up Hardy, but Bray Wyatt appeared provide assist. Hardy took out Corbin and Bray, the eater as well as the two former enemies celebrated together. Uh, but this was crazy because the order of eliminations, and these are the wrestlers that are involved in this match. So we've got Aiden English, yeah. Connor, Kurt <laughs> Hawkins, R-Truth, Primo, Mike Kanellis, Tyler Breeze, yeah. Victor, Zack Ryder, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, Apollo, Sean Benjamin, Rhino, Dash Wilder, Scott Dawson, <laughs> Bo Dallas, Curtis Axel, Bo Dallas, my Sin, guy. Sin Cara, <laughs> Fandango, Heath Slater, Chad Gable, Titus O'Neil, Goldust, Ty Dillinger, Dolph Ziggler, Kane, mm. Mojo Rawley, and Baron Mojo Corbin. To put it in perspective, everybody, <laughs> out of the 30 participants, only Dolph, Dolph Chad, Apollo, Shelton, Truth, and Corbin wrestle weekly in WWE. Titus and Kane yeah. are still with WWE in some form. So that is about a fifth right. field. A fifth of the field is left. 13 of these guys have all found work in Impact or AEW since. 13. And Breezango, Bo, Axel, Primo, Victor, Sinkara haven't. Uh, Bo, Axel, Breeze haven't even wrestled since it was released. And fuck Mojo Rawley. Um, so, Gina, we start. <laughs> it's Bray Wyatt. <laughs> it's Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy together. The Eater of Wells on the kickoff, Andre Giant Matt Wall. Do you remember this team at all? Uh, I do. Um, it was quite short-lived. Um, I remember thinking that they, they definitely had good chemistry together and it made sense. But I also thought it was such a random pairing as well. So um, I enjoyed it, but it was, yeah, it was a bit odd. <laughs> was there a good atmosphere in the uh, stadium at that time, Monty, when Matt Hardy won? Yeah, you know, it was mad. I think we all, you know, at that time in 2018, we all wanted to see that character do well because if you watch the impact and you see how he originally executed Broken Matt Hardy, you know, I think the crowd was really hoping, you know, he was like the best pick out of everyone you pretty much named out of, you know, it was like the most over for us in the crowd, you know, uh, besides people, because we all, a lot of people loved Dolph Ziggler too that night too. Uh, you know, Dolph got a lot of fans. That you you'd be surprised they don't book him like that, but a lot of people love Dolph and they should. But anyway, uh, yeah, it was a lot of stuff. I know no one wanted Baron Corbin to win, so yeah, <laughs> nothing's changed. That's it's nothing not, changed, right? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like I said, it was good finish and the crowd reacted quite well. I'm gonna give it a three and a half out of five. I scored it two and a half back in 2018, so I guess I'm more of a fan of Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt now than I was back then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> match two was a cruiserweight uh, with Alexander versus uh, Mustafa Ali. 205 Live Commissioner yeah. Drake Maverick watched at ringside. This was the final of the tournament after Enzo Amore had been rightfully released. And again, this brought back more bad memories than anything else when I have to remember Enzo... Uh, his cruiserweight title <laughs> reign. Um, but this match was actually really, really good. Two competitors awesome. traded shots in the fast-paced opening moments. Alexander took control by using power. A face-first crash to the outside. First thing things for Ali. A big flurry had a lay near, near a win, but missed a uh, 54 And Alexander's lumbar check finished things off. And like I said, this was really, really good. But it was tough knowing what would happen to 205 Live and the cruiserweight title. 
and the division. And Mustafa Ali. So this, again, wasn't really, really good about it. Uh, but still great <laughs> talent. Uh, Monty, like I said, this was a great match, wasn't it? Man, this is awesome. We loved it that night, bro. It was, it was a lot of, ooh, ah, wow. Like, it was like they were just going insane. And it, they, they, like you said, woke you up and had you ready. The Battle Royal, well, you know, it wasn't what it was. Battle Royals are, you know, can be fun and exciting. But, you know, a match like this, the, the pace and the mood that they were pulling off and the chemistry that they showed together. Like, if you don't think about how things ended up and you just trap yourself in that moment, this was very, very awesome, man. Like, I, I remember just generally like okay cool we all, we off to a really good start that's how we kicking it off so yeah it, w- it was really strong i really liked it man yeah it's good to see nigel mcginnis and vic joseph on commentary as well actually there and i love the story of cedric not wanting to hurt ali but no he'd never give up and actually had to get the job done i'm gonna give that uh three and three quarters out of five i gave it a four back in 2018 and then match three the women's battle royal beth phoenix and Paige joined the commentary team for action I love Paige. I'm not going to have a go at her. But whatever she was had surgically-wise at this time did not work for her. And I'm sure things have sorted out uh, since then. But the stars in this was absolutely insane. Because talking about saying, we had Kari saying, Bianca Belair and other NXT stars are joined the likes of Bailey and Becky Lynch to all but eliminate Carmella. First few eliminations came quick as Bronny broke all corners of the ring. Peyton Royce led an alliance of NXT roster and then they took folks from the main roster. Sasha Banks and Bailey countered with an alliance on their own. Bailey thought she'd won after tossing out Banks, but Naomi had never been eliminated. Now did Bailey take home the trophy? I would just say the people in this match, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Kari Sane, Lana, Kavita Devi, uh, Tainara Conte, yeah, that tie, Bianca Belair, Dakota Kai, oh, Becky mm-hmm. Lynch, Mickey James, Peyton Royce, Natalia, Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan, Sasha Banks, Sarah and Logan. Bailey. Look at the stars there. Uh, Jaxi, were you happy Naomi won it back in the day? Look how much talent was involved in that match. I mean, again, there were there was a lot of talent in, uh, involved. But again, even from her winning, you could see the pop that she was going to get, that she was getting. It's just... It, I, a baffling thing to think, you know, like they didn't actually even think to build off of like, you know, her winning something like that either, like, you know, in sort of the coming months or anything like that. Um, but I mean, you you can already tell how much of uh, how much star power there was and still is in the company. It's just unfortunate that not as man- many of those women actually work for the company anymore. Yeah. And another thing that's crazy was Becky Lynch would actually main event the following year's WrestleMania. I don't mm, know yeah. how many how much right. talent have gone from a battle royal to a main event. History making moment as well that that was, wasn't it? It was like yeah. a triple, the triple threat, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The first ever yeah, yeah. women, women to a main event. So yeah, it's crazy how much a year's difference can make, isn't it? Well, it's even stranger to see Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch in the same match knowing that they're going to face off at this year's WrestleMania as well. So it's, it's right. kind of uh, strange. And how long Dakota Kai has been around? You know, you got, I think that she's still quite mm-hmm. new. And you go, no, she's been around. And whatever happened to Lillian Garcia? Did she just quietly get let go? Uh, cool, Sane was the May Young Classic um, as well. Didn't she just, wasn't it uh, Lillian's contract just up and she just didn't recite? Uh, hopefully it's that because I saw and I go why why do we not see kind of enough of her? Uh, but again this wasn't a bad match especially with the talent I gave that three and a half 
in 2018 and 2022. So agreed with each other. And then we start with the main show. We see Chloe Halley being told they are the future of music. I guess they weren't, as they did the national anthem to start us <laughs> off. I, I'm not being harsh. I'm just factual. Uh, and we started. I like Chloe and Halley. They make they make music still, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they still make music. They they make some good music. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, I I completely forgot they did the opening um <laughs> of of that. So when I did, it was crazy. Yeah, I kind of just though. yeah, but, yeah, I they They are definitely much older now, and they've definitely improved in terms of their singing <laughs> as well. So I quite like a lot of their songs now. Yeah, but they're still not the future of music, are they? <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> It's the future yeah, now. Exactly they're still making the music. That can be a matter of opinion, okay, James? That oh can be a matter of opinion. What's the point with James? To, not here to discuss singing artists. No, We're here I, to discuss always... and jump all of the wrestlers. So let's do that instead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's usually Beatles, Stones, Chloe and Halle. That's kind oh. of how you go around. But we'll, like we said, and it is a triple threat match to remember... The Intercontinental title, Le Miz, Finn Balor versus uh, Seth Rollins. And these traded near falls. Each man went for pins early and often. The champ fend off both challenges. He took control. Balor and Rollins went with a high-risk approach. The Miz, meanwhile, picked his spots to pounce on either man. The fight moved to the outside where Balor got rolling. Counters and near falls are plenty followed. Neither. The Miz's skull crushing finale. No Balor's finishing move was enough to seal the victory. Rollins stomp, however, did the trick. And your new Intercontinental Champion. And um, what a match. Gina, what did you think of this opening match? This match was actually so good. And re-watching it again, it, it reminded me on how good it was. And I feel like that match should have been maybe further on down the down the card. Because it was one of the best matches of that WrestleMania. Um, all three worked so well together. They had good chemistry. And to be honest, I couldn't. At the time of watching it, I couldn't pick who was going to win. I know that everybody was favouring Seth, but I still couldn't put my my finger on who would win because part of me thought Finn was going to get it. So, yeah, they, that match was so good. They all went hard, all three of them. And um, it, I, I will admit the Miz didn't annoy me as much as he does now <laughs> in that match. So I suppose that's a positive. So yeah, when he It's not gets... all negative here. No, when he gets his head down, it actually works with some talent. It actually can... You know, like I said, it's one, like you talked about, it's one of the matches in WrestleMania history. And, of course, Finn Balor coming out repping the LGBTQ community as well, uh, which was a really nice touch. I gave it a four and a quarter out of five. Cause like I said, it was a really, really good way to start. Uh, I scored at three and three quarters back in 2018. Monty, you were there live. What were your thoughts? Yeah, man, this was awesome. Uh, this match uh, really set the tone. Uh, I, I love the triple threat format, and I remember being really, really rewatching it. I'm really, really impressed with the Miz. I don't know exactly how I felt about the about the Miz that night, but in watching the match back, he really stepped up his game to match what Rollins and Finn was doing were doing, and like, and he's and like I said, he did not take away from it at all. He really did a really good job of playing his role and the way self. It just looked rewatching and hearing how over he was. I remember doing the burn it down chant scream and those flames were hot that's the first time i'm gonna see it because i remember that so when the flames came up on the burn it down 
you know, that self robbed. It was kind of cool to get that look, a look back into the past and just how over he was at that time before he won his first Intercontinental Champion and uh, ship. Uh, I loved that match. It was really fun that night. It really set the tone uh, for what we thought was coming. Yeah, really, really good way to start the show. Unfortunately, what was coming next was Charlotte Flair versus Oscar for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Now, Jaxie, what were your thoughts on Charlotte before this moment? I'm just going to say no comment from me. No comment from me on this match. This is all my sister. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we um, want to know. Because you couldn't have had right. Charlotte, you know. No, to be fair, again, I think me and you have discussed this in sort of previous uh, earlier uh, podcasts when I first sort of early joined uh, you um, on these podcasts. When my first impressions of Charlotte was, you know, that of, oh, she is the daughter of Ric Flair. She's definitely going to be good. She's definitely going to be a challenge. Um, And uh, my first introduction of her was seeing seeing her kind of just sat watching the Royal Rumble and watching to see who the winner was. Throughout the, uh, you know, the, the next few months lead, leading up to WrestleMania, I genuinely thought we are going to just have some, like some real good storytelling um, here. We've got, you know, this undefeated Empress of Tomorrow. We've got, you know, the Queen of Wrestling herself, um, Ric Flair's daughter. It was going to be a good showcase of what women can do. And this is what really pulled me back into wrestling. So I can outright say that I disliked Charlotte from the get-go um and and most of my dis uh, my dislike towards Charlotte is the it, like in general is the fact that she is just handed everything on 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 a platter and if she has a hissy fit you can still squeeze her way into a, a main event picture and still take away from whichever opponent she's facing. So this is where my overlying issues actually continue with, with Charlotte. It's not that she's a bad wrestler because she she's not. She's a great wrestler. She's very talented. But as we will kind of go into more detail in a minute, um, just the wrong woman won, in my opinion, for this match. Like, this is this was the start <laughs> of the downfall. Uh, so, this yeah. This isn't a night Bruce Wayne's parents got murdered. Like for you, for you. It really, it, yes. This is that. That is the best way to describe it. It really is. Well, we're going to get onto it now. But the entrances were epic, uh, and I know yeah. with Charlotte, you know, many a time, but uh, that was great. And Oscar's entrance. Okay, well. the Spartans, the Spartans, uh, soldiers, just really like. When I rewatched it back, I was just like laughing because I thought to myself, that is so typical, typical Charlotte. Just get some soldiers to kind of walk her down the ring. Uh, but we, we afterwards we get into the action, uh, and I'm going to call it right now, and then play you a clip from 2018 as well. Uh, so we'll get into it. And Flair and Oscar fought to a stalemate soon after the opening bell rang. The challenger stunned Flair with high octane offense. She went after the Queen's left shoulder. She slowed about. They battled back and forth, leaving each other hurting. Oscar smashed Flair on the floor. Outside the ring, Flair flung the Empress to my from the top rope. They screamed at each other as they delivered their best shots. Here are legends of undefeated fighters. And you think that surely... Don't call me Shirley. They can't live up to this legend, this, you know, kind of mythos. And like we said, tonight Oscar proving she belongs. But Charlotte wants to end this now. Looking for the leg. 
Oh Here's my god! Figure four locked in. If she can bridge out, she's got the figure four in. Figure eight. Uh, she got figure eight all the way extended. Oscar's gonna be in serious trouble. No, no, she can't. Look at the way. What the fuck? <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, New Orleans is the place where streets come to an end. Oscar has just tapped out to the figure eight. Um, I don't know why. At least she's never been pinned in the WWE. I knew they liked Charlotte. I wouldn't believe they would do this. Uh, and they have done. I'm unbelievable, Dan. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in shock, really. Um, I, I just don't know why they did this right now. I know Oscar's not just a streak, but... There we go. We're going to get this moment now with Charlotte and Oscar. You was ready for Oscar. <laughs> I quit. Great moment there. But I thought she said shut it. Do you think this is going to be a weight lifted off Oscar's shoulders now? No, they've ruined a character. They've ruined a character here with Oscar. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. There's so much I don't like about it. First ever Women's Royal Rumble uh, winner. That, that's moot point now. Um... Charlotte didn't need the victory. I just hope Charlotte... Go on, Oscar. Lay out Charlotte. Go on, lay her out. Ah, oh, no. Too much respect. So, as you can hear from 2018, I was not a happy bunny. <laughs> Jaxi, <laughs> was your reaction basically exactly the same? Um, I'm going to have to say yes, but I, I'm pretty sure... Um, I I was with all of my friends as well, and one of the boys just kind of you know made the wrong comment, and I'm pretty sure that I bit his head off. So um, yeah, I remember loads of us. We all scooted to the other side of the room. Yeah, I think it, I think at this point it was you know that moment where my friends decided it's good, it's best if we just go for a cigarette break. Um, I, I was I was not impressed, and I was it was more the case of oh, you've just ruined, like, the potentialness of, like, this great undefeated streak continuing um, with a title around her belt. Like, imagine the type of storylines that you could have continued on with with having her undefeated, and it just got ruined. Um, yeah, I wasn't pleased. I really wasn't happy with this match. But the, the match itself was great. I actually thought it was a great showcase. Both women looked so good in the match. But again, Charlotte doesn't know how to just like not let something be about her and you could just really tell i just didn't even like the ending with having like charlotte hug her at the end i just really wanted oscar to smack her in the face (laughs) and then it even got it even got like even ruined between that because you just had john cena come running halfway through it you know like going up the ramp from the women's match it just like yeah i mean yeah it was just overall i like to say that like so when I watched this WrestleMania, I hadn't been watching wrestling as consistent as consistent until this WrestleMania build up. So even though I knew of Charlotte Flair, I wasn't as annoyed by her as much as Jaxie was. But I remember watching the end of this fight and I, I turned around to my sister and said, um, so why do I feel like Charlotte just got that win? Because if anyone was going to beat Oscar's uh, streak, winning streak. I feel like Charlotte's just barked. Well, I'm the queen. 
I'm Ric Flair's daughter, I should get the win over Oscar, exactly. not somebody else. And in my eyes, is even now, like four four years later, yeah, four years later, I still have the same thoughts that began that night on me just saying Charlotte Flair has expectations of her being elevated, but she can never elevate anybody else. And I, I will stick by that. There are times that you think, oh, Charlotte Flair is a great wrestler and I'm not taking anything away from her. But for me, every time something happens with Charlotte Flair I'm like oh it only happens because she's she's expecting of it I can imagine her saying no I'm not losing this match or no I'm not doing that and she just gets handed it on a plate rather than her saying no I want to help elevate this this star and I think that maybe Oscar winning over me could even add more to that streak and maybe make an even bigger storyline come SummerSlam you know or so for me yeah I even though I wasn't as annoyed as my sister was I just started to create my own scenarios in my head then about her and it it has made me dislike her so again not questioning her talent for the wrestling but it just made me dislike her as a as, as a person it's, not it's, even just it's, her character it's more the case of just, it's more the case of just disliking the treatment that she gets compared to everyone else just because of her last name that's it yeah I think with the Oscar, for me personally, it was 914 days kind of pissed down the drain because yeah. the excitement on NXT, and I was lucky enough to be at the NXT Tour in 2017, see Amber Moon versus Oscar, and, and their takeover matches as well. And it added, it's like an untaken match at WrestleMania when Oscar's undefeated streak was on the line. You had that heightened because you were never sure if it was going to come over. And Charlotte was not the right opponent at this time. And even if you, you know, people said, well, Carmella cashed in, uh, you know, soon afterwards and they kind of need her there. There was no need to sacrifice Oscar uh, for this moment in time. And especially after them to say, oh, you know, Charlotte was ready for Oscar. It makes her look so kind of weak. And at this point, I'm thinking yeah. it ruined a character. And again, it's due to Oscar's exactly. talent and what she's done since that she's become so successful. Because they, like I said, they cut the legs from her at this point. True, true, so. Uh, Monty, Monty, what were your in the arena? Then? Yeah, in the arena. What <laughs> were you but it would have been yeah, nice to least. let her. It would have been, it would have been nice to let her get to a thousand days. Yeah, just give her sixty more days of um, and that would have been amazing. So, at the time, I agree with y'all. Like, I hundred percent. I definitely came into that match wanting Oscar to win. And expecting it actually, because I thought it just made the most sense. And anytime the Rumble win a win, I kind of just leaned on that because of you know, kind of off tradition. Usually that's what happened. And I think this was the first Women's Royal Rumble, so I was like, the very first Women's Royal Rumble, the first winner should actually cash in and win at Mania. So like again, I was of the same thought process, but watching it back, I really got a whole different interpretation of that last part. By the way, like I said, the match is awesome. Like I, even that night, I knew the match was awesome. Even when people, you know, wasn't really necessarily happy with the finish and all that, the psychology and how they got there. Oh, it was great. I, they killed that match, and uh, and I and I think watching it over kind of won me over again because in the context of the story they were trying to tell. You guys looking at the uh, way that Charlotte said, or the way Oscar said that she was ready, is is like you're looking at it in the opposite way that they were trying to tell it. They were trying to do it in a make us out of more final boss kind of way. Charlotte was all if they if you listen to commentary, they were talking about her like she was the baby face. 
And I, when I was down that night, I did not look at it that way. Like, Oscar was already that was my pick. That's what I was rooting for. And, like, so it was kind of weird. Same thing with AJ Styles and Shinsuke later. Like, they both were in these eras where they didn't nest in there. No one did anything that made you want to boo. AJ was a babyface. Like, Charlotte didn't do anything in that match that would make you boo her or anything, any way like that. So, it's like, she just beat her, like, it, like outdid, like, out-wrestled her. Like, so... Looking at it back and then seeing what they were trying to say, they were trying to get you guys to interpret it the other way. Like, like she overcame Oscar, who was unstoppable, because that's everything they were trying to say on commentary was that. And honestly, I don't like how people talk about this like this killed her character. Yes, I know. You're right. Everything she did after this was a testament to how great she is. But WWE also knows that because, like, literally, she's like top five all time. Like I know, I know she's not. She's never got that win back on that grand stage, or she's never got the same treatment when she was champion. Down Charlotte Flair has got nobody has. Trust me. Like what Charlotte is doing and how much she wins is insane. It's never been booked like that before. I don't even know how many men have been booked as the way Charlotte has been booked. So I think that's what people have a problem with for the most part because Charlotte is the is great in the ring. And this match was great to me. And I necessarily, looking back on it, don't really have a problem with it because Oscar still ended up being one of the greatest in the company. It's not like she never did anything ever again, never had a great match ever again. She's synonymous with Becky Lynch and Charlotte. Like, you can't talk about their careers without them rivalries with Oscar. And I know that's due to how great Oscar is, not necessarily due to how they booked her all the time. But still, nonetheless, it's not like Oscar fell off the face of the earth, got released, Never to be heard from again. But is that due to luck more than judgment, isn't it? Because like we talk about the amount of talent. It no, is. it's due to her talent. Like you mentioned, she she held them down during the pandemic. You don't keep giving her those spots in those championship reign, whether you guys liked how the booking went or not. You don't put her in that position just because of luck. Like she's done everything yep. there is to do in the women's division. Like, what we're kind of saying is from a hindsight is from a hindsight point of view. When you look at the sort of like it this in hindsight at how much you know, don't get me wrong, I have to agree with you. The match was great. Like both women looked great and the and you know, Charlotte's talent in wrestling is is unfathomable. She she's got that talent there, but her, it's her ability to put over other women and the consistency that is that she's always either in the title picture or got the title around her belt, her, her waist. I, I, you know, I, I, like this, yeah. this is probably the ongoing issue that I have built up. And this was the beginning stages. Like this match was the beginning stages of me starting to resent how much Charlotte Flair's, the, the use of her name gets her, gets her into these big moments. And it's not necessarily because of her talent. It is because we all know that there's, there's, there has been uh, rumors and uh, confirmed uh, discussion about, you know, Charlotte's attitude and wanting to be a part of things, and it, it, it's that that we're kind of looking at back on in hindsight. We're not this. We're not saying that the match itself was was bad at all. I can't actually even say that myself. But what I'm saying is, this was the start of me actually starting to think, or well, she is she only is she just using her name and her the actual overall power that she has to kind of. Manipulate different uh, advantages that could have actually gone a different way, and we could have gotten a bit more of a different hype. So yes, for me, I am extremely disappointed. I think that we would have gotten a hell of a lot more of a a better run 
for Oscar's sort of like introduction to the main roster. And that would have been such an epic year for her. Has she actually had success since? Yes. But it doesn't have to mean that I can't look at that what that one match as a downside for what could have been an even better uh, start to her career within the main roster in WWE. And I will say as well, uh, uh, this about Charlotte is she does deliver on the big matches. Every big match she's been given, no matter what WrestleMania is, whether it be against Oscar or it be against Ronda Rousey or whoever, she always does deliver. And I think that might be a certain annoyance as well, is that she is. She might not be as good as she says she is, but we know she really is good and she's top tier. And WWE know they belt and put her in a position and they know she'll have a good match no matter what opponent she yep. is with. It's true. And, and the thing is, is I don't know. I was wrong about Shane McMahon. I thought it was Vince putting Shane in a position, but it was Shane asking. And I don't know how much power Charlotte has got. When you think about the people that Vince McMahon has had to deal with, would he really bend over to kind of make Charlotte's will? But again, with the amount of total she's won, it's difficult to argue against it, you know? It can be, but honestly, we got to say the same thing about Roman Reigns. Like, I think it's just that's just a wrestling family type of thing, then, in my opinion, because Roman is always going to get favored because he delivers and he has, you know, he has lineage. You know what I'm saying? So punishing Charlotte because of it, and like she still she delivers. You can admit that she delivers, but it's her fault that they continue to go with her. But they but like you keep complimenting them, but not understanding why they keep going with her. Like she's fucking good. <laughs> Roman has helped elevate others. He's he's taken losses. You wouldn't under Sa- Sasha Banks would not he's be taken, where she is without her. No, he's without taken. Becky would not be with there without Charlotte. Like, come on. Like, yeah, y'all yeah, gotta stop doing that. it. The four horse women are great together. The four horse women are great together. The four horse women are great together. You cannot go ahead and turn around and not say that Charlotte did not have a hissy fit until she got put into the main event of WrestleMania. She wanted to have that history-making moment. And don't get me wrong, every woman wants that opportunity, but she was given it because of her name, because of her lineage, because and of I what she was doing. I don't think that she went and after Vince and said, I want that. It was, it was probably her dad. Everyone only wanted, yes. everyone well, only wanted, probably in the bar. <laughs> everyone only wanted Becky versus Ronda. There was absolutely no need. And that is that is what I mean. About she probably complained to Rick, is. and Rick rang Vince yes. and was like, "You got to put my daughter in that match." When it but, comes to like her expectation of 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 thinking, if they're going to make history, I have to be part of it too. Did she Can win that match? match? No, but did on, she but win that match? To play devil's advocate with <laughs> that match, so. to play devil's advocate with that match though, with a triple threat. Is Becky Lynch is you know Becky Lynch is a good worker, but not an elite level. You're going to go WrestleMania main event with Ronda. Who again has only been in it for a year? Also, or so you time. need someone to carry. Charlotte so trust comes into play in that match, and yeah, exactly. Right. You know, it's but again, trust comes into play. Yeah, I think like, you can't get punished for delivering yeah. every time. That's all I'm saying. You can't get punished for being good. Like damn, like, that's it's, all I'm wrong, it's not exactly like I'm trying to uh, like say that she's not. Uh, talented at all. I do appreciate her matches, but I just don't think that she has to always be a part of every single match. Yeah, it's the Cena Roman Reigns thing of what, constantly this being is what used. WWE, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. but that's WWE. That's not really her though. That she just won they chose. WWE do that. Oh, she likes to do as well, though, Monty. Is it less? I'm just less saying, Roman on the ride too. Roman hasn't lost in three. Like, he hasn't lost in a, almost a decade. It feels like. 
hasn't been pinned. <laughs> I'm, Charlotte is, loses all the time. This is going a lot better than I thought it was going to. No, I, but Charlotte won. I, I told you I was coming with a defense. I saw the light when I rewatched it. I saw the light and I was like, Charlotte was awesome, bro. We were wooing like a mug, even though I was rooting for Oscar. We were wooing <laughs> in the crowd. <laughs> James, I, I, I'm I, going to seriously resent you for doing this. Uh, How is it Miss Monty this. saying it? I'm not saying no, it. Look, my <laughs> point is... You drove this way, wants her name behind everything. She really wants her name behind anything. If, For example, if she could have, she probably would have forced herself into the match with Sasha and Bianca to even have why couldn't you because, because it, the reason why that match was such a, like now a I'm just antagonizing yeah, obviously <laughs> it's the first African American to, to to headline like both of them if she could have been in that match and had that behind her name as well she would have like yeah, that's just what it means. like she just wants her name behind everything I'm not... but not everything should be given to her we're not saying Charlotte with a black face. Twenty times, like it's it's unacceptable. But that was the same. No, no, that <laughs> Lord have mercy. To get into that match, that would have that would spark everything new. Yeah. All right, then I gotta drop my defense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You wouldn't have to defend like, that. Um, <laughs> That's Mon- Monty, Monty would plead the fifth. <laughs> no comment. I don't know if I can watch wrestling anymore. Like we talk about Oscar <laughs> Charlotte. Oscar Charlotte was a great match, and um, like even with yes. but that, so Monty. In all seriousness, are you saying now that result doesn't matter because of what Oscar's achieved since? To me, I'm not saying it doesn't matter. I understand completely what you guys are saying. What she could have been, I 100 percent agree. But to to act like what she's done since, or to act like she is not, she's nowhere near like on that tier when she's beating Charlotte after that match, she's beating Becky. She's beat. I know it hasn't been on that stage, but like she had, she's literally in the conversation. If you look at what she's done as one of the greatest of all time, with what she's done in WWE. And I just don't like how everyone talks about it. Like she's just after that point, she was never, it's not her fault that WWE don't, didn't book her. It's just like I feel about Dolph Ziggler. Like Dolph Ziggler has been a WWE championship caliber wrestler for a long time. He would never be booked that way because of the way WWE has treated him over the years. So it's not necessarily their fault. And I feel like people forget that Oscar right now is literally the most one of the most accomplished women in the company. And I don't like how everyone acts like this one moment defined her whole career when right now she's still a Hall of Fame. It's not like she's like even Carmella has a championship reign, but do we think Carmella's a Hall of Famer right now? Like, no, no one's talking like that. But I can tell you that Oscar, if she retired, would be in the Hall of Fame. So, can you if the Bella Twins can actually make the Hall of Fame, then Carmella's making the Hall That's of Fame. That's fair. The Hall of Fame is a joke, but I'm just saying. <laughs> to be fair, she has the Carmella does deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, but that's an argument for another day. I'm talking about That's fair. This. Whatever. I'm just saying. If I was going to say to you, Monty, like, Oscar, if you're going to name me uh, an Oscar match off the top of your head or a moment that stands out for her, what would you say? Oscar, Oscar versus Becky Lynch anytime. Like yeah, well, even time. before the future. I'm not. It's, time. It's, I'm just trying to say if 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 Oscar had won at this point, all of us can say, look, look at the success Oscar's had, and we've got this match at WrestleMania 34 where she won the Rumble, beat Charlotte, and became Women's Champion. What a moment! And the top of my head, I can remember her against Becky Lynch at the Rumble, losing effort. 
uh, obviously winning the money in the bank when it went weird. But when I think about great yeah. matches and moments, it's usually NXT as opposed to main roster. And I don't, I might be really and, and, saying so. And I, yeah. and maybe, and like I said, that may be true, but I feel like that's not really necessarily also the most accurate thing because anytime she's had moments, Two shine, she's always stepped up to the plate. But that's fine. That's fair. If you want to say that just because I can't bring up a specific moment off the top of my head now that means anything, that doesn't, like, I don't, I, I still think, so, okay, so that means I, to you guys, Oscar's done nothing since then. No, she's she's uh, been hard. She's been garbage. She's nowhere near the level of the Charlottes and Beckys and all that. No, but that's, you're, you're, that's, that's what's happening. No, but in a she's way, not? it's kind of like saying uh, it's, it's between having, you know, one or two traditional title reigns as opposed to being the character that people can get behind to be ahead of a brand. And well, she got, with... like, the last time, her longest reign was during the pandemic. How she, like, it was nobody there. What are you talking about? Yeah, but this is the thing with, with an Oscar, with this character, I think because of what it had behind it and because of what it meant when it came to the main roster. So the streak which... was going to go on forever. So well, I'm not saying too? the streak went on forever, but, again, it could have extended that and then made someone from it. Charlotte, was Charlotte made from this victory? You know, if it was someone else who had beaten her that maybe had not been on level Charlotte had, then it would have done more. It's a Brock Lesnar argument of, yeah, Brock beat the Undertaker's streak, but if someone else so did it, all, it would have been a bigger All these shows deal. that I view her differently than you guys, and that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> no, say, yeah I, think she's, I think she's one of the greatest of all time, but that's fine. You guys don't. That makes sense. Then, that, then my argument wouldn't affect you guys. Jackson, do you think Oscar's <laughs> not one of the greatest of all time, then? Uh, of course. Yeah. I, of course I do. That, that was a bit of a silly question. Yeah, I mean, that, was, that was a silly question. Do you really think that like, I wouldn't be this defensive about her if I, I didn't think saying, she was well, one of let, the best? Let Monty know why she's the best in your part, even if she lost this match. Um, I mean, because of in in general, like she she's got um she she's managed to cross a barrier that I think has been uh, one that's really just m- misconceived or, or, or seen as just that kind of minimal, which is that not uh, just for the women's division, but she's kind of crossed over into showing the world that like, you know, uh, Japanese wrestlers can, can make it over in sort of uh, yes. Western audiences, Western countries. Um, and I think especially, yeah, it's, uh, especially for me, uh, I I noticed, you know, sort of her her like not not refusal, but her continuous uh, improvement of not only like you know kind of getting used to her surroundings and learning more of the English language, but not losing sight of the fact that she's Japanese and what she can bring from from New Japan over to uh, the Western countries. I think that she had this overall essence about her that regardless as to whether or not. Uh, people could understand her straight away. They understood what she was about, um, and I think that 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 sort of uh, impression doesn't leave you. And that is a reason why, as soon as I saw her in the rumble, uh, her entrance coming out, I said, as soon as I saw her in the rumble, I want her to win. She she's just got so much confidence about her. You know, I didn't even know at this point if she if she could really communicate with uh, uh, within like a sort of English based. Uh, role, but I didn't even care because of all I wanted to do was see her her moves in the ring, you know. Um, and so that that's what I mean by like how high caliber someone who right from very entrance to the point when they're in the ring, they've actually got you gripped and wanting to see more from them. 
But I again, hope. with with some of her previous matches, like she had a match on NXT with Mickey James, and I still remember that match. It was just, uh, I think it was a takeover, but that match was just so high, yeah. and it didn't get it didn't get as much recognition, I don't think. But then she even had a match with Sasha Banks just on a on a standard rule and on a raw, yeah. Best, that was one of the best technical matches yeah. that I had seen between her and Sasha Banks, yeah. and I just wanted more and more. So for me. Every every time mm-hmm. Asuka was in a match, whether it's a pay per view match, whether it's just okay. a weekly match, yeah. whether it's on NXT or the main roster, you knew what you were going to get. Yeah, you knew you were going to get a decent yeah. match with someone who could execute all the moves on point and keep that crowd hyped. And so those yeah. little reasons as well are what kind of built her up to be on this pedestal. That made me think, oh, maybe she will beat Charlotte Flair. Don't get me wrong, Charlotte Flair probably was the best person to break Asuka's streak. They should have just let Oscar get to a thousand days in my eyes. Wait till SummerSlam or something like that. I'm not, I don't disagree at this point. I'm just arguing yeah. that it's not yeah. the gift of Oscar. That's all I say. No, I do I not also, disagree. I also, with all right. I also want people to know that I'm not a hundred percent against Charlotte Flair. I just think that it really could have just been done in a different way. Put me on the creative, replace your creative with me and the WNR team, <laughs> and we will make sure that you won't get complaints again like this. <laughs> <laughs> And she broke barriers, James. No EO and Kyrie without Oscar's success. No, I exactly. Just, I, I said exactly. Oscar, Oscar for me is one of the greatest of all time. But it's great to hear a debate about it and and to work yeah. through it as well. And the thing is, if you want to watch one of the greatest last women standing matches of all time, go check out Nikki Cross versus Oscar from NXT in 2017 oh, yeah. as well. Uh, like I said, Oscar was on fire during that time. And it's just. And I, I'm, I've got to say, it's like Ember, Ember Moon and Oscar. They, they, they've had not not just one great match. They have had a multitude of different great matches. Um, that yeah. you know, just constantly throughout NXT, they have had probably one of the best feuds that like made that really uh, engrossed me. I didn't, I didn't know which which one uh, I wanted to win more because I loved both Ember Moon and Oscar. Uh, they both were so great in the ring. So I want to give them like a real heads up because they got such a hype moment at Russell, uh, at Royal Rumble um, when they both were in the Royal Rumble together. And and that small little moment there where I heard all that hype made me go back and watch the whole feud between Oscar and Ember Moon. That's what I mean about the, the type of quality um, and the reaction that Oscar gets from people. It well, made think, me want to go back and actually figure out what this feud was between them, you know? I think that's a frustrating thing, especially for me at that time. If you're going to have Oscar with the straight lose, Ember Moon should have been the one to do it in NXT before yeah. Oscar went to the main roster because it would have made more with the impact of Fair them. enough. I always um, thought that, by the way. Yeah. I always thought that. So I guess we all agree on saying as we move on to the United States Championship match, Randy Orton versus Bobby Roode versus Jinder Mahal versus Rusev. And Aiden English welcome Rusev via song. Um, and Monty, what was it like, Rusev Day chance? Was it as loud as I can imagine? Oh, man. Yes, everybody. That's part of the reason why I lost my voice. I think that's the beginning of me losing my voice that night, uh, of just making the chant. We, we, we wanted Rusev Day that night, we wanted him to win, no doubt about it. He was the favorite in New Orleans. We all was rooting yep. for Rusev. Uh, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but we, yeah, we. Every, as soon as that, yeah. that, as soon as Aiden English voice came on, I was like, oh yeah, the the memories flushed back when I rewatched it too. Of just how much we really wanted Rusev to win this match. 
Without a doubt, we'll be seeing Lionel Bulgaria begin the bout by knocking around his rivals. Ruse and Orn took turns blasting the hall before fighting each other. Rusev took his own hard shots at his old tag team partner. Enough surviving Orton's wrath. Rusev looked to be closing on victory, but Mahal pounced to take down a powerhouse for a free count. Your new United States <laughs> champion, Jinder fucking Mahal. Um, Gina, what was this? This is a travesty. We talk about the Oscar match, but my God. I mean, I think when I watched this in 2018, this was the match that I went for my cigarette break. Um, <laughs> I, I wasn't, I wasn't very invested match, I'll, I'll admit that. So, again, it's more because I hadn't watched that much wrestling leading up to it. So I was playing a bit of catch-up in terms of storylines. Um, and, again, it was because I was studying at that time. I didn't really have the time to keep watching wrestling every week. So, again, I wasn't really invested, but that was more because I didn't really know much about this storyline. But, again, I think... I can't even remember my views on this match because I did watch some of it, but I just, I honestly don't remember. I didn't even remember that match was in it until I rewatched the WrestleMania ahead of this <laughs> podcast. So for me, I, I do feel bad in saying that it was quite an irrelevant match for me, but it was. Well, in a when, way, it's not that I didn't enjoy it, but I just didn't really sit through it properly. Well, Bobby Roode had lost the US title to Randy Orton the month before. Uh, me and Dan come to blows about that as well with the WNR sing-off. Uh, but Orton had entered <laughs> Mania. It's weird, though. You think about it now. Orton has entered WrestleMania as the Intercontinental Champion, United States Champion, uh, as he did in, yep. in this Mania. WWE and World Champion, and this year he actually completes the set with the tag team title gold. Yep, tag team title. Wow. That's true. That's true. So I don't know how, how many men can sure say that. I enjoyed that match, but um, how was the crowd during this match, Monty? Like, were they quite lit? Oh, we still were, for the match? Yeah, we, yeah, we were it? into it, man. We were still, we were still buzzing around this time. Like I said, Rusev Day. Uh, we were we rooting for it, and honestly. By the end of the match, I remember as a fan, for some reason, I think it was because the guy next to me said, don't hinder the gender right before he hit the loss. <laughs> and we all we all popped and we all just repeated it. So it felt like we were happy as the, in the moment, <laughs> even though yeah. we really wanted Rusev to win. The crowd was shocked more than anything. It was like, no, it's like, no way gender winning this, right? <laughs> but he did it. And it was such a shocking moment to, for us at the time. And like I said, he said, don't hinder gender. I was like, okay, sorry. That was kind of cool. That was funny. So, yeah, no, I we were in bliss at this point. I, maybe it was everything that was going on. But, yeah, it was just more shocked than anything, if I remember it right. I mean, out of the four guys, I only wanted one to, uh, to not win, and he did. So, I guess, you know. You, you <laughs> I was just saying, I, I honestly did think that Rusev was going to win this. So, I, I, I was definitely shocked to see the outcome. I didn't. Like I thought, if any, if if Rusev wasn't going to win this, then Randy was going to retain. You know, so I didn't see Jinder's win coming. I just felt like yeah, he, no one, no one. It's really unfortunate. It's really unfortunate because I don't think anyone expected Jinder to win. So I think that the mm-hmm. outcome of it was just overall kind of disappointment because everyone was itching for Rusev to win. You know. I think without doubt. Uh, out of five, I gave us a three and a quarter. Back in the day, I gave it a three and a half. I just put what as a note. Uh, with the Oscar one, <laughs> I gave a four and a quarter as well. I put why. So I guess I wasn't having the best time. But 
Uh, move on to the next. Kurt Angle, Ronda Rousey versus Stephanie Mann and Triple H. And this was a good build. But to say Stephanie is a threat to Ronda is just ridiculous. Yeah, that's it's the like, only problem. It's like saying I'm a threat to Brock Lesnar. You know, it's just, it's not, yeah. not in a million years is it going to happen. This match was fun, though. Oh, but Triple H, giving himself an entrance longer than any <laughs> secondary title match on WrestleMania. You oh. got to love it. Yeah. Took um, up most of the 20 minutes right there. Well, no. But like I said, the promo video into it and everything like this, the crowd uh, was hot. And we see Stephanie McMahon yeah. rolled up Rousey by taking cheap shots, cut angle, dominate Triple H with some... Uh, before some hill shenanigans shifted things in Team McMahon's favour. Rousey had to stand frustrated in the corner. She watched the game beat up Kurt Angle. When she was finally tagging, she feasted on McMahon. She toyed with the Royal, Royal Commissioner to the crowd's delight. McMahon managed to battle back, which Rousey earned a beatdown for her troubles. Angle and Triple H brawled outside the ring to fight uh, a fight the Impian lost. Rousey and Triple H had a face-off, which I actually really, really enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, both teams went on the attack, and Rousey eventually emerged to torture McMahon with a nasty arm, but it spelled the action's end. Uh, this is what my thoughts were in 2018. Yeah, without a shallow a doubt. I mean, it would be interesting to see what they do with Ronda Rousey. She looked good here, you know, and uh, credit to her. Like I said, few need to sort out a few things like the outfit. I guess I brought up the outfit because it was riding up a little bit. Um, but <laughs> I don't really change. Uh, and the, the, one of these things in this match before we talk about, Kurt Angle's one of those sad things because obviously he can't turn his neck without moving his entire body. And you just think if he'd have come or if WWE had let him wrestle because he'd wrestled people like McIntyre and Cody Rhodes before he then moved to WWE, then he put him as general manager. And as he says, he kind of seized up. Um, and Triple H was the workhorse in this one. But Ronda Rousey looked awesome. Um I don't know, yeah. Jack. I mean, Jaxie. First off, what do you think of Ronda in this match making a debut? I mean, I really, I, I actually enjoyed seeing her come out and had the sort of like Rowdy Roddy Piper sort of tribute outfit on. I thought she looked really cool. Um, I thought to myself, do you know what? Like, it, it, she's intrigued me enough to want to see what she can do. Although I also thought to myself, Steph is about to just get beat to wrath. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, I. I, I kind of was, like, worried about Kurt Angle at this point. I didn't know whether or not he was really, uh, like, fit enough to be wrestling in the ring. But I thought to myself that the best type of person he could work with is Triple H. They know each other so well, you know. Um, I, I really enjoyed Stephanie's, like, little uh, sneaky bitch maneuvers, you know, like, pulling her hair right at the very beginning. And, like, when Kurt Angle went to try and tag her in and so. <laughs> Stephanie got off the ring and then just went and just dashed her down. Uh, you know, the, it's, it's a standard sort of thing. It was a good it was a good way to introduce Ronda to the world of wrestling. Um, like, we all knew this was, like, you know, a match that was just kind of uh, uh, created so that it could not only put her over, but also just kind of uh, introduce her softly to, to sort of wrestling. Um, overall, I thought it was a good match. I didn't think that they needed the over-the-top quad bike entrance though it did take so long it makes me miss triple h matches at wrestlemania you know to think yeah it will take up 45 minutes on any car but i think this match had no right to be this good uh and we talk about triple h trying to carry k none taking michaels in saudi arabia with a step too far 
but he nailed it uh, in this one. Uh, Monty, what was your reaction like to Ronda Rousey and to this matchup? I think you heard it. They, they, man, we, we were into it. Like they were hype, you know. Uh, watching it back, I didn't realize we, we were that loud. And uh, I don't know. Uh, my expectations weren't really that high because you know you, you never know when it's a big name. Even if they do MMA, you know we talk. We know Cain Velasquez is a great example. <laughs> like you never know, even if if it's MMA, how how good they're going to be in the ring uh, when they debut. So I didn't necessarily have the highest expectations. Uh, but you know, she exceeded all of that, man. Once everything got going, it was very, very fun. Like I said, I just mentioned, I just remember having a whole lot of fun watching that man smiling the whole time because it was just, it was put together nicely. Like, you're right, I was annoyed. And the only thing I was really annoyed about is how long Stephanie avoided the actual arm bar from working. Like, I, we've seen yeah. her lock that in really fast. Like, when she mm-hmm. fought, she locked that in, she could get that in like in minutes. So, like, seeing that Stephanie could fight it off longer than trained professionals, MMA professionals, was is kind of ridiculous. But other than that, everything else Stephanie got in was kind of sneaky and, you know, well, like, well weaved. She never really looked like a threat to Ronda. And what I loved the most, what I didn't hear as in the crowd was Stephanie talking. Oh, my God. Like, she was great, like, screaming. Did you, like, when she finally locked in the arm, did y'all hear her like, no, no. Like, she's like some evil villain in a cartoon. Like, it was absolutely insane like watching it back brought up a lot of good memories and just really having fun with that match yeah that was a really really good stuff gina were you surprised how good ronda rousey was at this point in time yeah for sure even watching it back again i was like wow this this match is actually quite good and i hated to admit that um i i definitely think that it, it gave me quite a few flashbacks to Attitude Era, you know, seeing Stephanie in the ring with Kurt. And you just, we all remember that that time during the Attitude Era where Kurt was definitely in love with Steph and doing everything he could to, to kiss her ass and get on her good side, you know. So it was nice to get little callbacks to that um, if you had watched the Attitude Era. Um, I also really enjoyed Steph. I think Steph definitely did make the match her you know the comical side of it and just her reactions to things that was great and i i definitely enjoyed seeing ronda finally like punching the shell but so um yeah i enjoyed it i i didn't dislike ronda um i thought ronda could have really had a better opponent um so that she could have gone more ham on on her but to be fair i think the match was good for what we we got from it um, and like Monty said, I, the, I think the crowd helped hype up the match even more because they were so loud during that match. When I was re-watching it back, I felt myself getting more hyped up but because that was the crowd were getting hyped up. So I was following them. But yeah, in all, all in all, I really enjoyed that match. It wasn't one of the worst matches that was on the card. So No, really, really good stuff. Uh, okay, about four and a half in 2022 and in 2018. And the next match of the Usos versus the New Days versus the Bludgeon Brothers for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. The New Day came out with little people and pancakes. I thought it was what I was smoking at the moment in time, but then I realised, no, the New Day do do stuff like that, so that was all right. Incredibly, next year would be Kofi Mania, uh, and the Bludgeon Brothers steamrolled everybody to kick things off. The Usos teamwork allowed them to slow harp and row, stunning the big man, but it wasn't enough. The Bludgeon Brothers dominated, laying out their rivals, for putting Kofi Kingston away and becoming SmackDown Tag Team Champions. 
And I think one annoying thing is they never did anything with this with the Bludgeon Brothers. And when you think about mm. all three teams, what they went through since this match, it's actually hard to fathom. And even now with what's recently happened to Big E, like these three teams have changed kind of so much and not at all in ways. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, this this was uh, sort of the first pay-per-view for the Bludgeon Brothers because uh, they had made their sort of um, entrance, so to speak, as a tag team um, the, the the month before during Fastlane, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, it was first of all, it was just really nice to actually rewatch uh Brody uh kind of tagging alongside the likes of Eric Rowan. Um it was nice to see him kind of uh win win gold, so to speak. Um and I actually thought this match was really good. It was a, a really good showcase of what the Bludgeon Brothers could do. Unfortunately the streak that like the his their title reign didn't amount to much um and it's a shame because of the way that they first were booked you'd think that they kind of would go on to be you know one of the stronger tag teams that they had within that that run um it's unfortunate that they that that the run didn't continue the way they did but the match itself i really watching it back i really enjoyed it watching all teams they've got there's so much talent there and they were so talented all in uh the ring and outside of the ring um, so they went hard in that match. All, all three teams went hard. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was a bit, a bit of a, a squash, as you say, because they ran through them. Uh, maybe, I think at the point in time, I was expecting there's a potential for being one of the greatest tag team matches of, of all time, especially with these three teams, they could work with each other. But instead, it was just a kind of Bludgeon Brothers smash, which again, is not too bad. Uh, Monty, were you surprised by this in the arena? Uh, did you manage to catch a pancake? No, no, he did. He did not throw it uh, high enough. <laughs> I mean, I didn't want one anyway. To be honest, I mean, it's a pan, a thrown pancake. Anyway, I mean, if uh, anyone actually eats that, I, I, I don't. Uh, they, they, uh, I don't know. I didn't pay attention to what they were really doing. For them. <laughs> I really, I don't even remember. I know people were getting them, but I, I you know. It was it was a nice little game. I'm pretty sure someone did put it in their mouth most likely though. There, it was a lot of lot of drunk people out there. Oh you know, drunk people just you know we, they don't think. But anyway, uh, so no, it was definitely a surprise how dominant they were. But you know, remembering back to that time, like you said, they had just recently de- debuted, and I think after not only right after that match and the hype that the hype that was the crowd with the Ronda Rousey match. Everything kind of died down. We kind of needed a break. Like I said, it was a long day. And then we all kind of knew this finish was coming. So you can kind of tell the crowd wasn't into it, even though, you know, I thought what they were doing was fine. But it was only like six minutes. Like, I was really shocked. Like you said, they didn't give them more time because, like, the caliber of everybody, all those teams, like, we know they could have a classic if you give them time and let let them let it go. But they didn't, and, you know, it's just another example of WWE's priority with the tag team division always, you know, being kind of herky-jerky, you know, up and down. They don't really know. Sometimes it's important, sometimes it's not. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of unfortunate that it happened to the Bludgeon Brothers. But uh, I think I still think they did leave, a good, like, a dominant impression. But, it, like you said, it's very sad that nothing came of it. Yeah, and you think the New Day became, you know, two members became WWE champion from this moment. Uh, the Usos kind of the right-hand man of Roman Reigns. And, of course, what happened, like I said, to Brody Lee and with Rowan as well. It's, it's, it's mad what can happen 
in in just four years. Yeah. Um, and another story for the whole night. We mentioned earlier, John Cena in the crowd annoyingly running to the back during the end of Charlotte versus Oscar uh, because he wanted his confrontation with the man that we all wanted to see yeah. him face at WrestleMania. That's right, Elias. Uh, Elias came out with his guitar, singing the songs. Um, Cena took him down uh, and then walked away. Not that happy, really, uh, after taking out the drifter. Um, but if you look, even in this time if you look how legends have treated young stars in this type of segment be it classic roars or you know uh, any mm. anything else like that with even with wade barrett involved or uh, you know carlito mm-hmm. at wrestlemania 22 they always <laughs> get destroyed by the legend um and then it's interesting monty because at this point in time the whole talk of the undertaker was the fact that his match with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 33 was garbage. He wasn't ready to come back. It was an awful match full of a lot of fuck-ups. And and as the argument was between me and Dan, had the Undertaker actually retired? Now, sitting in the arena with Elias there, are you just counting down until the Undertaker comes out, or is there part of you think they might not do it? No, yeah, we were counting down. As a matter of fact, from the moment... They kept putting John Cena on the Tron, I think, like you said, during the kickoff or, like, in the first match. I was like, there's no way they have him sitting out there and playing with us, and he's not here. So I just we were just waiting. All of us were just by the time. Like, even with the Elias swerve, you can kind of tell the crowd wasn't really paying a lot. I think you actually can hear a go-away chant because <laughs> we all knew what was coming. We knew, like, it didn't, we didn't need to get him buried to get us to undertake. I completely agree. It was so unnecessary. Just hit the dong. Give us the moment. You know what I mean? And, like, I didn't know why they had to do that. I agree. But it did, we weren't buying it at all. We knew Taker was there. Well, I was desperate for him to come back. And as John Cena walks away, uh, the firework went off. And the Undertaker's hat and coat were in the ring. And then after some more fireworks, the dong of the dead man. Now, I've been lucky enough to experience the Undertaker making an entrance at uh, one time. But Monty... What was it like to see the Undertaker make that entrance at WrestleMania? Because it must have been goosebumps. It was. I recorded it. Uh, it was like one of the most important things like I ever can like think of. Because I've always I've seen his entrances at live events. Sometimes I've been to like maybe a SmackDown in the past that he came out, and I've experienced the entrance. It's always great, but at WrestleMania with all the the smoke and the flames. Like I said, those flames were hot and his flames were continuous. Seth had one flame. He, his flame continued on. So even though we were burning up, I was enjoying every moment, every second of it. Like the atmosphere, we all was just like, just there. Like this is, it's just an experience watching his entrance. He doesn't have to do a thing, you know, the slow trot, get to the ring, you know, raise the lights. It's just, it was just one of the greatest moments. I, I always will appreciate being able to see that. Like you said, we didn't know. It was so uncertain. His future, will we see him at many, any more manias, you know, and all of that. You don't know when the when was going to be the last time. So, yeah, man, this was just very special to me, just to see him there and, like, feel that presence, have everything, the fireworks, the the smoke, and just the vibes of it all. It was We all were just marking out. All of us turned into little kids again. 
I don't want to make this a bigger moment, but you do realise as well this was the Undertaker's last WrestleMania entrance. See, oh, come on now. <laughs> like, I didn't even think about this. Because like, he may come, he's going to come was... out for the Hall of Fame, but yeah, you're right. He's not going to, he'll never be. Yeah, so yeah, come on, man. That's awesome, right? <laughs> I'm working out now. <laughs> so I was let you know that. That's a good little um, stat that you've seen. And as for the match, well, the dead man battered scene. He made short work of his foe, hitting the tombstone puddle driver for a free count. And like I said, this was short because how bad his match was last year. I thought it was fun whilst it lasted. Jaxie, what did you think of this quick sprint of a match? Yeah, I mean, it did what it it needed to do. You know, um, I it, I really enjoyed seeing him come out. So never going to kind of get bored of being able to see the Undertaker do that. I'm, I'm extremely jealous, but it was great to like kind of hear your sort of take on it once and in seeing sort of an entrance like that live. Um but again, it was just something that I I kind of knew that an Undertaker was not going to lose. So it was a nice feel good moment for me, and one that like you know just it's just always a a pleasant surprise uh, because we didn't know really when Undertaker was going to be hanging up his boots. Yeah, unbelievable stuff. I'm going to give it a four out of five, and I gave it a four out of five back then as well. Then we get the Hall of Fame class of 2018, headlined by Goldberg. We've got the Dudleys and Double J, that's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T, Hillbilly Jim, Mark Henry and Ivory. That is some class there that we got. And we also had Jarius uh who was part of, who got the, I think, the Warrior Award. Um, and I was just looking to see if Jarius Robertson was still around. Uh, and luckily he is still alive, uh, even though he's suffering from the illness. But a news story popped up about his father, uh, Horde, because they have started a foundation. It takes life to save lives. And unfortunately, his father stole as much as 150 grand from uh, the donation money. Uh, and the kid said, Daddy, but I know there are a lot of good people who have been hurt by his actions. All they ever want to do is make everyone aware of the need for organ donations so it might help others I need. I love making everybody laugh and have fun. Hope going forward with my family and I can show how truly sorry we are for what happened and regain the trust of all of us supported us. So I guess the dad won't be invited to any more um, charity foundation meetings, I guess. But uh, again, this is another uh, interesting news story. And another thing I forgot as well was Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan was in action next with Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens and Sami mm-hmm. Zayn. Bryan's first match in two years where he was first forced to retire. And... It's weird because you talk about, you know, four years can seem like a long time, some can't. But to think that the guy smashing people's heads in on Dynamite in AEW at this moment was forced to retire and made his comeback in this match. Um, it's so weird. And thinking we go into the following year's Mania, Mania as the champion. Um, but we see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Now, was anybody else freaked out about clean shaven Sami Zayn looked? Or how clean yeah. cut. <laughs> right? Oh my he goodness. Looks like, yeah, he actually yeah. looks like he owns a house rather than <laughs> looking homeless. It's <Like> shocking. <laughs> I, was just, I was a bit put off by it, but I got my head around it. Uh, we get into the match, and Owens and Zane interrupted Brian's feel good return. What was it like to, to Brian's entrance? Yeah, that's another thing, you know, like you said, his first match back, I'll always be able to say I was at 
Brian Danielson's first, you know, return match from his forced retirement. And, you know, so that was always special to me. And finally getting the chance to do the Yes Chant. I had never been a part of the Yes Chant uh, when, uh, at, a, at a, you know, at a WWE show. Because when I was going to him, it was around the time he was retired, one. And then other times, it was way before he was even in the company. So finally being able to be a part of him, being in that environment in New Orleans, a place that is real special because of what he did four years before there, you know, so it was just real fun. That was, that was a lot of fun to finally be able to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, well, they left Daniel Bryan on the ground to the outside and leave him a man to fight on his own as the doctor looks over Bryan. Uh, Shayna Mack hurt himself as he battled back and saying took advantage of him on a man's abdomen. But Bryan eventually charged in to save the day he was saying best shots as ever some of his own. Zane couldn't escape from the yes lock. Um, so as for the match, Zane and Owen still knocking out of the park now. Unbelievable. Shane did the bulk of this in more ways than one. But it wasn't a bad match, though. Uh, Gina, what were your thoughts on this? And especially, like I said, how weird it was to see Sami Zayn looking so clean. I mean, it, it was nice to re-watch this match back um, again, not just to see Sammy clean, but just even seeing the partnership between Sammy and Kevin. It was nice. I completely forgot that they used to have a partnership. So, um, yeah, it was nice to see it. <laughs> I feel I feel biased because I just don't like Shane McMahon. So Daniel Bryan tagging with him, I just couldn't even believe it, to be honest, especially with all the story that, that we had had in the past with Daniel Bryan and the the McMahons in general, just seeing him tag up with Shane, I was just like, Ugh. you know, I just, yeah, I just, uh, I, w- I wasn't exactly the biggest fan, but that doesn't mean that I didn't think the match wasn't good. The match was good and I was entertained watching it. I just couldn't get behind Shane. So every time he was in the ring, I just scrunched my face up a little bit. But yeah, it was still good. I enjoyed it. No, I completely agree with you. This is the biggest discrepancy in my scores from 2018 to 2022. Because I've scored this this year, three and three quarters. But back then was four and a half. But I've got a feeling that it might have been, like I said, Daniel Bryan's return. And I might have been a bigger fan of Shane at that point in time. But again, it was a bad match, you know, without a doubt. But it is a bit of a shame Shane had to do the majority. And you can see maybe why Daniel Bryan's saying now... Or W didn't truly trust him to get back, you know, behind, you know, or yeah. on the horse, so to speak. Yeah. Um, that was which... the worst part about the match was how much they let Shane carry. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, that was the worst part. But when oh, Brian got in, it was great. Yeah, yeah. By the time Brian like, got in, it was... yeah, being like, why, why is this feel like it's making it all about Shane when this is supposed to be about Brian's return? You know, it was just, it felt like it just took away from it. That was the only issue I had with it, but we had fun like with that. I lost my voice there. That was it. No more chanting after the <laughs> Yes Chant match because we lost our voice. <laughs> but in all honesty, and again, I'm not going to because I'm going to mention the crowd in a little bit, but do you feel, obviously, because this is a 14-match show, this is yes. match 10, this is where the main event should have been. <laughs> like you said, the crowd peaked at the right time because yes. WWE kept hitting you over the head with stuff. A hundred percent. I'm trying to tell you, some of these matches later on are going to get destroyed because our energy, like like I said, you have alcohol flowing. You have we've been here since the early afternoon, and some of that is definitely going to come into a play of how the crowd was. Like we were 
definitely fatigued. When I looked at when we were getting ready to watch it, I saw it. I'm like, holy shit, this is five hours. <laughs> like, I, can't believe, I forgot. And that was without the pre-show. So I'm yep. like, oh my goodness, this was. I forgot about this, but it was like I told you, it was a long day. And yeah, by that time, like you said, we had already peaked. My voice was gone, so it was no more chatting for me anyway. Like I literally could not say much of anything. I had to try to save my voice just in case anything positive happened that I could try to chant for. But it was over, like like you said, at match 10. 10. Uh, so as Ty Dillinger referenced, <laughs> we, we move on to the Raw Women's Championship, Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax. Mickey James accompanied Alexa Bliss. And I'm thinking, what the fuck? <laughs> what, when did this? When was this a thing? And I guess some things just skip your mind but yes mickey james uh, with alexa bliss and Jax went straight for james yeah. flinging her about poor mickey why did she wear those heels to the to the ring man she just got like dash about i love how she sold us a more and drop on the floor like she was just out, just done like splattered yeah. like it was over <laughs> Well, this is the thing that was funny in the powerhouse then focus of rage on Bliss. Bliss went after Jax's leg, slowing her down. Uh, she kept Jax off her feet and smacked her around. And angry Jax fought off Bliss's cheap tactics and finished her former friend with a series of power moves. And your new Raw Women's Champion was Nia Jax. And this was a good story. But I think the crowd was tired, to say, Monty. Uh, but before yes. you answer that, uh, Jaxie, what were your thoughts on this? Because I thought Bliss looked like a star. Why did they not bring the goddess, goddess back like this? I know. Um, you know, just watching it back, it kind of made me miss this persona of uh, Alexa Bliss's and just kind of like, you know, just seeing kind of the overall, how how great she was as a heel in this sense. Um, I, I didn't, I wasn't a fan of the overall storyline. I'm never going to be a fan of just like storylines making fun of weight or anything like that. I never have been. I, I find them quite uncomfortable, um, and I don't think that they're necessarily needed. Uh, they, I do, I do still think they give off a, 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 the wrong message um, going out there. Uh, but that being said, uh, it was you know one of the feel good moments that was probably needed in this uh, in this uh, match card, considering like you know the the overall outcome of of winners and losers. So it was nice to see Nia Jax uh, get the win, but it did just kind of make me like think about uh, Alexa Bliss and missing this persona of her. Yeah, that's an excellent point, actually. We try and mention it before the end. Is W Booking of it hated everybody. Like, there was no feel-good moment yeah. in WrestleMania. <laughs> there was, it's like, yo, do you want Daniel Bryan's feel good? Well, we're going to take him out for the match. You know what I mean? They're having five minutes, but yeah. it's if yeah. you look at it, apart from Ronda Rousey, else could have gone the other way if oh, all the and, results had and gone the, different and, ways. Yeah, and the Seth Rollins match. Yeah. But, but even yeah. that battle winning wouldn't maybe been too bad either, you know what I mean? And we chuck it in. Yeah. Uh, they could have changed the results for every match. But I'll give that a three and a half. Like I said, the crowd was a little bit quiet. <laughs> As we move on for the WWE Championship match. Uh, AJ Styles versus Shinzuki fucking Nakamura. The female Rick Boogs, Nina Strauss, played out there. I love this takeover event, uh, entrance with violins. They tried with a band here, but it maybe didn't work as well. Um, before we get into the match, this is probably one of the ones I was most excited for. The Monty 
is going to go into a lot more detail in just a second. But I had taken time out to see these two guys uh, clash at Wrestle Kingdom 10 in 2016, which was probably one of my favourite non-WWE matches I saw. So I was just chomping at the bit for it here. Monty, what about you? Yeah, like I said, that was the match that made me, that, that converted me to being the biggest, one of the biggest New Japan fans in the world. I've been to, like pretty much subscribed ever since to New Japan World or to trying to find any New Japan content I can ever since watching Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles just mesmerized by the competition and like how physical it was, the pace, everything, the atmosphere. It was just a special match. I really encourage, I encourage everyone to go seek that out. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I was really, really excited for this, man. You're, I'm the same way. Like, the expectations were through the roof. <laughs> and also, in another way as well, uh, when we talked about Oscar earlier, was Nakamura coming to NXT uh, and lighting up, becoming an NXT champion, making his move to the main roster, and winning the Men's Raw Rumble. Now, his win at the Rumble in 2018 was probably my one of my favourite moments because I never thought they were going to go with him. So, at this point, as we're approaching... WrestleMania, you've got one of the favourites in Nakamura, who's on a roll you think he's going to become champion against AJ Styles. And you know the match is going to be classic as well. Uh, we're going to get into it. Because, um, like I said, I think there was something... I even put something, something missing on here. But we get to the match because Styles and Nakamura approached each other cautiously to start. The champ took control first, hitting Nakamura with right with strikes. The King of Strong started high-impact offence in response. Seconds after Nakamura began favouring his knee, Styles went after the weak point. The injury worsened as the battle war won. The phenomenal one, meanwhile, fought through a bad back. And now we're going to go 2018 to hear the end of this match. Game position, we want to see a king. Now the ground and pound attack from Nakamura just driving the knees into Styles. We don't see enough of this from Nakamura, do we? Going no. front as well with the knees. Brutal, that's what Nakamura's all about. And the way he's doing it, it looks like he's putting everything into the knees as well. This has been a war, but more respectful in that way. At least two guys, and oh! Nakamura with the exploder. And what follows the exploder, James? Well, I shall tell you, Dan, it is the... We should wait till he hits it. Here we go, Kinshasa! No, Styles picks a leg, rolls through. Styles clash, locked in. Turns him over. One, two, three. Oh. WWE are racist. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. And just when we thought everything was right in the world, <laughs> AJ Styles goes and pulls out a victory. Any other time, I'd be more than happy for an AJ Styles victory. <laughs> What's going What is going on here tonight? Did someone have an anti-Japanese meeting yesterday or something like this? AJ's a better man tonight. And... Not even a Kinshasa hit by Nakamura. You can see how disappointed I was at that moment in time. To make matters worse, Naka kicked him in the bollocks to turn the hill afterwards. Uh, I was so disappointed in this. But uh, Gina, what did you think of the match first? The match was a great match. Always a great match between AJ and Shinsuke. So no disappointments there. I was disappointed with the result. It wasn't a similar thing for the Charlotte Oscar, but what, what I felt disappointed by is that there was so much hype coming from that Royal Rumble with the two winners, both, both of them being, you know, Japanese 
and just coming from that I I kind of assumed Nakamura was going to win it because Asuka had lost and I was like they got to have one Royal Rumble Rumble winner come through on this so when he lost as well I kind of just wanted to throw my hands in the air you know like what I just I I my brain just wasn't switched on to think that at least one of them wasn't going to win it so I did really feel sorry for both Asuka and Shinsuke um but that being said again the match was absolutely brilliant it was awesome they both have worked so well with each other they've even had great matches again since that match and um I wouldn't necessarily say I was disappointed and I was as angry as the Charlotte and Oscar match but again that was a different viewpoint from that I just felt that Shinsuke was so hyped up at that moment that was the best time for him to become the champion and they could have still done the heel turn after they could have done it where you know AJ was showing him respect giving him the belt just as they were doing it Um, but Shinsuke could have just mash him in the face with the belt after that and still turned him heel because Shinsuke is great as a heel. He he was still loved even though he was a heel. So it, it was disappointing that he didn't win it, but the match overall was brilliant and it was great to re-watch it again because they just had some really great spots in that match. Yeah, I just think after what we had with Oscar and Charlotte, they picked me up with the Ronda match, the Undertaker appearance of Daniel Bryan. And then just smash me back down with Nakamura. Because I thought there's no way uh, this guy's not going to win. And and again, we talk about uh, uh, with Oscar saying, well, look at everything she's achieved since then. With Nakamura, it's like they didn't pull the trigger then. And they never had faith in him with the world title since. And that's how close yeah. it can be. Because you think, even if he'd have won it, you know, it might be a Jinder Mahal reign, whatever it is, but he still had the opportunity. We don't know if it's ever going to happen again. Like I said, it looks like tag team title match at WrestleMania from this year. Um, Monty, what about you? Because like I said, we, you've seen them in, in Japan. For me, I just felt... Yeah. I, don't get me wrong, it wasn't a bad match, but I think even Corey Gray said it right at the start. You know, go, this is going to be a classic. And when, when it's not, you know, it's... Just, I don't know. It right. just didn't deliver. I guess part of a non-feel-good ending or feel-good finish. Like, like you said, Gina, Rumble winners lost as well. Um, so that, you know, but I don't know. What was it like in the stadium or the arena at the time? I mean, we were high for it. You know, there was a lot of AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura chants, dual chants. So, you know, I was definitely using what was ever left in my voice to sing his song and chant for Nakamura because I'm just like you guys. I definitely want to see him win that match. And I think you just hit it on the head, really, with my fundamental difference. The reason why I I don't, the reason why I can look back on the Charlotte Flair match and not be as hurt as I was that night, and but not in this case, is because, like you just said, Shinsuke Nakamura has not been even close to this uh, over, this important, this relevant in that, and especially nowhere close to the championship, uh, to the world championship since then. So, you know, uh, you know, I think they they hinted at him. Maybe fighting Roman, Roman at one point, but they never even went. They still didn't trust him enough to even give him a match at, at that point. I don't think so. You know, when it comes to Shinsuke Nakamura, I really don't. I, I really hate like that. This is what happened because honestly, I enjoyed the match. I remember a lot. Some people in the crowd that was next to me did not necessarily like it, and for whatever reason, I understood. I, I can understand it. It started off at a slower pace. Like I said, it definitely did not. It definitely wasn't the fight that it was in Japan, and I think that took that can take away from it because of the expectations, like you said, the bill. 
But maybe if Shinsuke wins, that match goes from just really goes to good or like really, really good to like awesome. If Shinsuke pays it off and wins, probably, you know, with the Kinshasa and actually hitting it, you know, instead of fall. But I do, I will say the finish they came up with was really cool with AJ hitting the Styles Clash like that. Like, I thought that was dope. I thought that was dope that night. And I, like I said, AJ is so awesome to where it was like I was part of me, part of me was conflicted. But at the same time, there's no way. I definitely wanted Shinsuke to win that night. So I was definitely bummed and looking back on it and seeing how he's doing it. Now, another thing, Shinsuke, when he signed, was in his late 30s. So I knew I knew the window was tight. So like you said, even if he was transitional, a month, they take it back the next month, somebody else wins it, whatever. It still would have been a great moment, awesome, very memorable, and it would have been a nice thing for me to always be able to to be, you know, thing to say and be proud of that Shinsuke Nakamura, the King of Strong Style, would have been the first Japanese-born world champion. So it, it would have been nice, but, you know, it didn't happen. And that one definitely sticks in my craw a lot worse than the other one. I didn't have a voice left. And I was just happy that when he blowed him, he started to do a lot of that, what he used to do in, in Japan and in chaos and be way more aggressive. They never leaned into it like they should have because he was a killer in Japan. Like, like they don't, he's the king of strong style for a reason. He was unbelievably physical with kicks and really blurred the line sometimes. It's kind of like I said, Shibata does. So they never have leaned into that with Shinsuke again. Maybe it's because of the stage he is in his, like, in his life. You don't want to really want to wrestle that aggressive style anymore or WWE doesn't want him to wrestle like that anymore. But either way it goes, yeah, uh, definitely still bumped out about this result. But I lo- I like this match, though. I do. Yeah, I think it's, it, again, and it's weird even listening back to 2018 because it's like, you know, obviously WWE aren't racist. But it just happened to be a coincidence that, you know, the two stars from Japan who won the yeah. both came up short in their mania matches. And you think, what a night. This WrestleMania, if Oscar won or even Nakamura had won this match, that would have kind of taken away mm-hmm. a little bit of how I felt. Uh, early on in the night as well, you know. It's really interesting. It's like, you know, don't get me wrong, I gave it a four out of five uh, back in 2018 and now. So it was a good match, but like I said, we were expecting a a next level. An interesting fact is with AJ Styles here, he was the 22nd man to walk in Mania, WWE Champion. So right as we go into this Mania, there's only 24 men who have walked into WrestleMania as a WWE champion, which is maybe not as many as people think. And um, like we said, we'll move on. And up next, a real filler match. The Bar versus Braun Strowman and his mystery partner for the Raw Tag Team Championship. Uh, Braun announced he would partner with a fan. He walked through the stands. He made his selection. The Monster Among Men chased, uh, chased or chose, sorry, a young boy named Nicholas. That's a bit different. Uh, Seamus and Cesaro were baffled. <laughs> Showman fought the bars. The kids stood on the ring apron. The champs eventually had the big man reeling. Nicholas tagged in for a second, but his assistant wasn't needed as Showman power slammed his way to victory and became the new Raw Tag Team Champions. Yes, Strowman and Nicholas. Uh, this was ridiculous. Of course, it was John Cone's son who was the referee in this match as well. So I guess that all worked out. And I think Cole shouting, Nicholas is legal. Nicholas is legal needs to be looked into as well. Um, Jackson, what did you think of this match? Because Braun hasn't had many, many, many mania moments. This wasn't one of them. Uh, 
this match was absolute bullshit. I just, uh, I don't, I was actually kind of like uh, so confused as to why they would like, why they would even do this. Uh, I just thought it was overall pathetic. Uh, I wasn't really impressed by this match whatsoever. Um, and I just think thought that it made Cesaro and Sheamus as the bar look absolutely fucking ridiculous. So I wasn't impressed. Yeah, I hate this one. Uh, has anybody got anything positive to say about it? I remember being He's happy the for the kid. <laughs> I was happy for the kid. Like, yeah, that's I, I, it's a little mark. What do you mean you was happy for the kid? He looked terrified the entire time. <laughs> no, I mean, but you wouldn't want to if you if you were watching wrestling, you wouldn't want to get like pot. Like everyone wants to get in the ring. James used to want to wrestle. He no, look, think about this. I would have so, been. That's all I'm saying. Well, like, I, I was happy for him. I would have been jumping and hyping Bronx. The kid was holding on to it for dear life. Underrated moment. You guys really are missing the boat here. Did y'all see all the marks in the crowd who acted like they could fight? <laughs> <laughs> all of them was like, "Yeah, I want to fight Sheamus and Cesaro." I'm like, "Are you kidding me? You we should have clotheslined We've seen Monty we fry Tuesday. Yeah. We've been out here for six hours, and you want to go just wrestle a match? No prompted training or anything, you idiot. <laughs> Against Sheamus and Cesaro? No, no, you see. That was just funny to me. Everyone thought they could fight for a second there. It was the alcohol talking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hate this one. On a Raw, maybe, but not at a Mania. I don't know what I was doing back in 2018. I scored this a four out of five back then. <laughs> No, no, you hated it. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus, what happened? That's really high. You, See? you actually gave lower scores to matches with all wrestlers, all professional wrestlers in. To, no, be, fair, to be fair, this was more about Braun being a monster among men and See? these hands. He wanted them hands building on yeah. from it. Okay, I didn't think enough, they fair. would release him into obscurity a couple of years later after Universal Title Run. So why I, are we <laughs> breaking up the future? Back to 2018. No, let's let, yeah. let's go back to. <laughs> Braun is a star in 2018. Like he's there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, this was yeah. a waste of time, though. That this was a waste of time. I think they were trying to wake us up. I don't know why they thought this would work, but yeah, yeah. It was a waste of time. That was well, that didn't work. <laughs> And we move on. We've got the main event now. Yes, the 14th match. Even reviewing it seems long, you know, and it's not just watching it or being true. (laughs) Just imagine. Imagine it, you guys. Just think about it. You're just out somewhere for 10 hours. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. And whilst watching the promo between Roman and Brock, um, I actually found Ricky Starks. I could not believe yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Craziest things. Like, that was shocking. That was shocking. It's like, I've got a connection for Monty. He was there. Jaxie with Charlotte. I need to find something for Gina. And then Ricky Starks pops his out. I think, you fucking genius. <laughs> like, there he is. <laughs> yeah, in 2018, he actually spoke about it, did Ricky Starks talking about playing the role of U.S. Marshal sent into arrest Roman Reigns on this segment. Yep. Uh, he said Reigns was there, put these cuffs on, they're really tight. Uh, he said, I can't do anything with my hands cuffed, so sorry, ahead of the time. 
He went to axe handle him and then beat the shit out of him in the corner. He said, but Roman did come up to him to apologize as well. So Ricky Starks there. Check it out. Honestly, easy. Um, I mean, Gina, your man, Ricky Starks, in the main event of WrestleMania, right? Who would have thought it? Uh, true. I, I never would have put that together. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, as much as I adore Ricky Starks, I, I didn't know about that, to be fair. Again, I was quite limited on what I had seen leading up to this I particular WrestleMania. Really yeah, I don't think he really knew who Ricky Starks was. Yeah. So, to be honest, I probably ignored him at that point as well. Jeez, you walked by Ricky <laughs> oh. he was. Well... <laughs> Again, listen, in AW, my, my back then they didn't want me. Now I'm hot. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was shocking to see him for sure. And uh, it's funny watching him get flung across the ring by Roman too, because it's like, yeah, you can't imagine his his persona now taking that lightly. So right. yeah, it was definitely funny to catch that. Long there. long term storytelling. That's, that's what that is. You, you <laughs> wait sure. five years' time and they bring that back up. <laughs> I remember. Uh, so on to the main event and Paul Heyman introduced Brock Lesnar in his trademark over-the-top style. And the champ went to work more than Roman Reigns. Lesnar wore out his foe with German suplex after German suplex. Outside the ring, the match grew more physical. Each man slamming the other into the surroundings. Lesnar couldn't put away the big dog with his finish remove time after time. And then we hear the end of the main event from 2018. It's become a little bit of a joke now. The fifth F5 can't get a job done after being F5 for the announce table. It only took three to put away the Untaker. Now Lesnar's taken off his mitts. Well, the gloves are off. This is not just bode well. Now Lesnar's saying, come on, we are doing Hamish shout you disrespected him. Oh, come on, referee. The point of the elbow to the head of Reigns. Lesnar is busted, uh, Reigns has busted open. Oh my God almighty, that is pissing out blood there. And even the blood there is not getting Reigns over. That's a really bad cut. Right on the point, Lesnar arranges the bloody mess and Lesnar picking up yet again for an F5. Reigns, backslide. Spear. spear a bloody reigns spear one two oh lesnar managing to kick out ah and we haven't seen a blade job like well we haven't seen a cut like this in a long time fucking hell that was <laughs> that crimson is... mask well blesnar's already covered in blood and so is roman reigns it's a wrestlemania main event that's just got taken to the extreme and look at reigns saying come on he likes it. The Samoan likes it. Another spear building up. It's called F5. Lesnar goes for cover. One, two, three. Brock Lesnar retains the universal title here at WrestleMania. He's broken and beaten. The unthinkable has happened. What the fuck has happened there? Unbelievable stuff. What a brutal match that was between these two men. I mean, 6F5, maybe a bit excessive, don't get me wrong. Reigns a bloody mess. Yeah, I think 6F5s were a little bit excessive. I think you're right there, James. Uh, It's just an incredible... Jaxie, what did you think of the main event of WrestleMania 34? Um, 
I actually have a question for Monty. Monty, were the, could you confirm? Were those, this is all for chance? <laughs> yes, absolutely. They were, this is awful. Uh, this is, we've, I think it was a boring, boring uh, yeah. chant. We definitely hit them with a boring chant. They definitely were throwing beach balls. So if you heard the reaction, it was a little bit of the wave for a while, but the wave didn't really catch on with everyone because we were tired. You got to be excited about something to do the wave, you know, <laughs> but the beach balls were getting through around. You got way more of a reaction to that than anything that happened in that match. They gave up on that match quick. And I say they because as someone who paid money, I was, I was like, uh-uh, but I'll get to that later. But, yeah, they <laughs> hated this match. And, yes, definitely got this is awful. Not this is awesome. This is awful. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I really just kind of wasn't really impressed by the whole caliber of the match. It, I, I don't even think that there was, like, the overall level of ex- same excitement that I had for any of the previous other matches. I actually think I was more invested in the AJ Styles Shinsuke Nakamura match than I was this one. So that's kind of how my attention level was with this. I I thought it was pretty ridiculous and over excessive with how many uh, of Brock Lesnar's moves it took before Roman stopped like kicking out of it. I thought that was pretty stupid. Did anybody else think Roman Reigns looked quite chubby? I mean, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, he did. It just goes to show to how much more pressure yeah. yeah. This was a standard Brock match. And like you talked about, Jaxie, pretty sure there's boring chance during this. And Monty has confirmed it. Um, Brock had held the title since beating Goldberg at Mania 33. And what about this? Put this in your pipe and smoke it for a statistic. Since WrestleMania 31... Where of course Reigns and Brock faced off. Every WWE or Universal title match at WrestleMania has featured Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. And you think yep. about those two facing off at this year as well. That is quite a record to have. Remember when Brock was part time as well. <laughs> um, but again, <laughs> I did like that. I, well, the last two minutes, I thought if that had been the match, that would have been fine. Yeah, the hard way was a bit excessive, but a couple of spears in F5. But was this the right result? Monty, would have Reigns got booed out the building if he didn't win this one? Yes. <laughs> I absolutely think so. Because as soon as his music hit, it was boos. You know, it's like the poor women. I, it was funny to me because as a spectator, again, no voice. So I couldn't cheer or do anything anyway. I was just sitting there watching and enjoy, trying to see, trying to enjoy what they were trying to do there. But uh, it was just sad because it was like a bunch of grown men ch- hating Roman, and then the kids and the women were trying their best to chant something for Roman. And like the the men just over boo, the boo just overshadowed anybody who wanted Roman to win there. And it, it didn't seem after a while, you know, he just gave up. And by the way, I don't know if you guys noticed, but every time he kicked out, the boos and and the way people cared got worse and worse. Like, we cared less and less the more he kicked out. Like, you could just hear it. Like, the crowd get more and more audible on television the more he kicked out. He's like, please, just stay down. Let's get this over with. We were tired. Like like I said, the most important thing that I keep trying to emphasize, we were tired. So the fact that we knew how this was going to play out, it didn't matter if Brock won, it didn't matter if Roman won. We were over this, man. Like you said, they had already gave us 
a lot of like sad endings or like endings that we weren't ready for. So uh, we were that took a lot out of us. Being there all day took a lot out of us. So when you get to the match and it's just it's basically John Cena's match except Roman won't won't get squashed. Like just squ- get squashed. Like John Cena did at SummerSlam against Brock, so we can move on. But he wouldn't. So he just only annoyed us even more. And they did everything they could. Like you said, bled the hard way. Six L5s or whatever it was. He just some sloppy suplexes, just every all of it. It was just they did everything they good could to try to make us care about Roman, but it didn't it wouldn't it wouldn't matter what they did. Like I don't care. You could think of the most insane scenario, and I doubt you would have got a positive response. Cause that's just how over it New Orleans was at that point. Could mm. they they have changed it? In any way, I know we've switched to two nights now and everything like this. Yeah. Could there have been another main event? I mean, because if you look at it, there was no real feel good. But I, and I hate to say, <laughs> right? But again, in the match three and three quarters. I hate to say you went to one of the most disappointing WrestleManias of all time. But when you actually look at the kind of, you know, the the Brock winning at the end, the AJ Nakamura, the the Oscar, even the US title, you could argue. Um, didn't kind of yeah. was there. Um, mm-hmm. it's, again, you know, and it's like, I'm going to get everybody's thoughts. Everybody can give me a rating out of 10 as well in their match of the night. Uh, because I thought the triple threat and Ronda Rousey were the kind of shining lights of the night. Uh, back in 2018, yeah. I said Brian was my match and I gave it an overall score of 8 out of 10. I'm going to say this time round, Ronda was my match of the night, but it's still an 8 out of me. Uh, so, Gina, I don't know if you want to go next. It just lets you know your score out of 10 and your match for the night. Is it the score out of 10 for the whole of the, the WrestleMania? Whole card, yeah, the whole WrestleMania. Um, I would actually give that whole WrestleMania like a 6 out of 10. Watching it back, for me, I just, I, I've seen so many better WrestleManias. Um, so, watching it back now, I probably would have scored it higher in 2018, but watching it back now, I've definitely like a bit of six out of ten but the match of the night for me was the first match the triple threat um with seth finn and um the Miz. i think that match was more hype for me and that could have been the main what a main card match for me and that would have been much better than the main card match that we did have so yeah i'm gonna go with the triple threat uh jackson yeah um i'm gonna kind of go exactly the same as my sister on this, this is kind of talking hindsight as well, but you know, there was sheer disappointment that came for me that came from both not only the Oscar loss but the Shinsuke loss. Um, I did find that the opening match was just really, um, like electrifying. Um, it really did kind of give off the biggest pop right from the get go. Um, so I'll probably say that that was my match. Yeah, the thing is as well, and Monty made an excellent point. Is as and, and as I was hitting home as well, you know, up until match ten, the crowd were really, really hot. And then you could argue in the, in the women's title match that they weren't that great. AJ Nakula was moments, and then Braun and Brock kind of checked out. I mean, you can't. I mean, I might be wrong, Monty, but that's kind of what I've got the feeling. So, what about you with your first-hand experience? What we score out of ten? Your match for the night and the overall experience to end it. Because was there a kind of feel-good factor leaving the stadium? <laughs> yeah, I honestly, believe it or not, it still was an awesome experience. Like, as a fan, it's hard for me not to give it anything 
under a nine because like I sp- I had so much fun throughout the night that the experience like when you're down live it gives you a totally different perspective than just watching it and then watching it at home I can definitely and seeing it seeing it back over the years I'm definitely around where you guys are in the eights seven and a half around there uh, and like you said really Ronda probably that night uh, my favorite match was definitely the triple threat but. I think looking back, like you said, James, Ronda and Kurt, I don't know if you could get anything better than that out of that match. It, they gave us the ending we wanted. You know, it was just it, it was the only thing. It was one of the best catharsis moments. You know, wrestling is really good sometimes at giving you stories that give you a good cathartic feeling at the end of it. So I thought that was that's that's why it probably is the strongest match to me now. But yeah, back then, uh, like you said, Brian definitely would love for impact. Uh, because it was the return match and that triple threat was really, really good. Uh, but yeah, as a fan, I, like I said, even with the letdown, I still came away from that show, like you said, really, really just happy with the experience. Like you said, I, I got to see the Undertaker's last entrance. I thank you for reminding me or like <laughs> informing me of that. But that's dope. Like looking back, like I can't get over that. And then now watching Brian's like the re- the reason why he's able to do this fun stuff he's doing now started at a show that I was at. Like, I, I will always take pride in it. I got to see a lot of stuff. Got to meet a lot of cool people who are, like, like-minded. So the experience was awesome, even though it had its flaws. Like I said, the length and all of that type of stuff. I'm so, I feel like if this was, like you said, what they're doing now, splitting these shows in half, maybe this mania is way better. You know what I'm saying? Maybe some of the, the matches are paced better. Maybe Oscar gets to get more of her offense in and tease her winning even more instead of just working 13 minutes or whatever with Charlotte. You know what I mean? Maybe, like, if you – you know what I'm saying? Because when they were trying yeah. to do all of this stuff in five hours, certain things had to get cut. So, you know, uh, that's one thing I definitely understand the criticism of. But overall, as a fan, it was still a, a WrestleMania, and I still cherish those memories. But as a critic, you're right. It was, like, you know, good to – like average, maybe, but it was definitely one of the most disappointing. Like everything all together, like you definitely, they were like, no, screw what you want. <laughs> but, yeah, but I don't mean to, do you know what I mean? Because we would have, I mean, I'm not speaking for Jackson and Gene about, I would give my right arm to, to be that wrestler, kind of any of them anyway. And it's not like the car yeah. itself was terrible. Everything was in place. Right. And with a few changes, it could have been the greatest WrestleMania of all time. You know, imagine Oscar, Nakamura I feel like it's winning, a, it's you know. A, yeah, 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 it's a great metaphor for my for our relationship with WWE. Like they sprinkle enough good <laughs> to keep you coming back, but then they just shit on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, is, that is the best way to describe it. it really is. Well, this is the thing, and, and final question, Monty, because I know we've laughed through a lot tonight. You talk about the crowd. Was it a nice atmosphere throughout the night? Was everybody fine, or was there any? Yeah. moments because i know it was gonna be a couple of dickheads i understand that <laughs> yeah what, was it you know enjoyable overall with no kind of trouble or anything like that yeah for the most part it was good you know you had a couple moments where maybe like i thought it was definitely a drunk guy who got into a scuffle <laughs> with somebody and got kicked out but other than that one particular moment i think it was pretty fun like i said other than like fatigue and like just us like you said just having to endure all of that wrestling at one time, I think overall, all of us, a lot of us had a really, really fun experience. And like you said, it was definitely chill. But yeah, personally for me as a fan, I pay my money to show. I'm going to try to enjoy the show. Mm. I was not feeling what they were doing in the main event. 
but I would never, you know, just shit on what Pip Performance was doing. Part of me definitely, I could, you could tell Brock was pissed. Like, looking back, Brock was pissed. And then, like, I felt so bad for Roman. Because just imagine Roman. He's bleeding his ass off. He's just doing whatever he can. He's begging for someone to cheer or care. And no one cared. So, it, yeah. Looking back, I kind of felt bad for Roman. But, you know, he got served. Like, Roman was put in a bad position a lot. And this is a great example of that. And just, isn't it amazing how it feels going into this mania? Yes. Looking forward, looking now. Like, where we are now with Roman. Where we are now with Brock. Like they're they're both just completely refreshed. They look like completely different <laughs> it's, like it's areas crazy, right yeah. now. You know what I mean? It's yeah. crazy someone would watch this match and say, Let's do it for this year's mania. Uh because you just wouldn't want it, but like you said, with the character <laughs> changes and where it's got, they they've built up yeah. And like we said, be the main event we're gonna get is the exact main event we got at thirty at thirty four as well. So it's gonna be really, really interesting to see what happens there but it's been great to get first-hand experiences from what happened at wrestlemania uh the only thing more interesting in this year's mystery mania will be next year's when the four of us have to decide which event we're going to watch and i don't think i'm going to be given a choice <laughs> so we'll find out wrestlemania 21 <laughs> one of my favorites anyway well, well, like I said, we'll argue about that. Uh, any final thoughts? Jaxie, Gina, any final thoughts on WrestleMania 34? Um, not really from me. I, th- I feel like Monty covered it all and just kind of, you know, gave us a, a really great in-depth dis- um, description of sort of like the hypes and the highs and the lows that came with being uh, there firsthand. So, yeah, not really many more thoughts than that. I agree with, with a lot of what both, both of you guys have said. Well, and also therapy for you, Jaxie, about Charlotte and Oscar. We worked yeah, on I feel that like tonight. A lot of my chat, you know? <laughs> that's what this was—a therapy session. It really was. <laughs> and that's what I said right at the start. <laughs> See, that's what we do here. <laughs> I mean, I I, I definitely wouldn't go back to watch this WrestleMania again, but I do appreciate being able to see see my guy, even if it's for a short ten seconds. I think that's the only thing that made it for me. <laughs> Gina just sat quietly two and a half hours for that 30 seconds we talked about Ricky Stark. So I just... Yep. <laughs> I was just waiting for the shout out. That's commitment. That is commitment. <laughs> uh, but I think that is it then. Uh, don't forget, we're across all social media, Twitter, at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR JR. Uh, Monty, where can people find you? Primarily on Twitter at Mind Monty Pod M O N T Y Monty Mind M O N D. I think that's how you spell it, right? I don't even know how to spell my own show name. Ain't that so? <laughs> anyway, at Mind Monty Pod. Check me out and hit the pin tweet. You can listen to my newest podcast. We're still doing the New Japan Cup on the pod, so I got a uh, very in-depth update. I spend like thirty minutes most of my pods talking about New Japan. So come listen to me, Mark out. Yeah, definitely check that out. Jack C, people can listen to you on here, but where can I find you anywhere else? Yep, you can find me across both Instagram and Twitter at Jack C Spider. And finally, Gina. Yeah, you can find me at the same Twitter and Instagram at Purple Pain. With an E on the end, Pain with an E on the end. Yes, with E. (laughs) I know I'm at the Domino (laughs) JR. Uh, we've done already Facebook and Instagram of course all Google platforms in this email 
at gmail.com and YouTube done podcast with latest clips. Podcast got the same time on YouTube as you do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes, we can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Uh, right, everybody calm down now listening to this show uh, because <laughs> our next episode is not for two weeks. Now, I know what everybody's going to say, but James, you've never taken two weeks off the podcast before. And I know that it means it gives me a little bit of a break. And we don't panic because it's Mania weekend in two weeks' time. And we will bring you two live shows. On Saturday, it will be me and Monty bringing you Stand and Deliver. And also running through night one with a Mania card and predictions. And then night two, Gina and Jaxie join the party. Where we'll have a look at the Hall of Fame. And of course, run through uh, night two as well. And work out who is going to win WrestleMania predictions. And I've got to say, I am undefeated at WrestleMania's. So I am very, very confident <laughs> it's not going to come back to bite me on the ass, And that is two weeks' time. But we will be asking Jaxie and uh, Gina for the predictions beforehand and then giving it to you on the live show. But don't panic. Two weeks' time, Saturday and Sunday, live. Right, that is it then. I have been James Rodens and I was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. Thank you, Jaxie, for joining us. Thank you. I had fun tonight. And yeah, it was great having everyone together again. I'll see you guys soon. Uh, We've had genius Gina with us. Yeah, thank you for having me again. And I'll see you guys in two weeks. And of course, the mind of Monty again, buddy. Your first ad experience has made this show excellent. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I'm so I, I really appreciate giving the opportunity to talk about like one of my favorite nights. Uh, in my life, so this was this is all fun for me, man. Well, everybody's going to have their favourite night now, listening back to this show. And like I said, thanks for listening, everybody, and bye.